For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me today for conversations and support for targeted individuals. Today is Sunday, September 13, 2015, and I am your host, Renata. Hope you are all well. Hope you guys had a great and blessed week. It has been really, really hot here, and I know California hot is not hot for people from the East Coast and other places, but it's been in the hundreds, and it's, it's just hot. It's miserable for me. So yesterday, it cooled off a little bit. We had a little rain. wasn't a lot. Definitely it's not what we need here because, you know, we're in a, a fake water drought here, um, but we, we don't get very much rain. Yesterday, it was just sprinkles, but it, it was it was very much a relief. Today, it seems to be warming up a tad bit again, so I hope it just rains. I just, oh, it's just hot. It's hot. And we're having some serious, serious fires here, like thousands of miles, or thousands of acres, I guess I should say, not miles, thousands of acres. Um, and let's see, what is that area? I forget which area. It's Northern California. I forget the exact area, but it is very devastating. So uh, pray for those people. Some people are trapped. Uh, they were saying on the news last night that they had evacuated a certain area, but the fire spread far further than they expected. So the people that were still in those homes really can't get out because they're kind of surrounded by fire. So I don't know what happened um, since I last watched the news, but it, it's, it's devastating. So pray for those people, please. One lady had the right attitude on the news. They were asking her, you know, how she felt about her house burning up and the whole neighborhood basically burning up. And she was saying, I got my family. You know, we were able to get our pictures out of there. So thank God. You know, and that's that's the right attitude to have. There's always something to be grateful for. Definitely keep those people in your prayers. Okay. Let me see here. Okay, let me start with a scripture. And this scripture is actually going to go hand in hand with the thought for the day and the question for the day. So this is from Romans 8 and 28. And we know that all things work together for the good to to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And there's another one, Philippians 1, verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Okay. 
I'm going to actually come back to the Romans um, scripture because it's going to go hand in hand with the question for the day. I'll just wait so I don't have to keep repeating the question. I'll I'll hang on. Uh, I hope you guys had a good Labor Day holiday last week. I didn't do anything, just kind of lazed around, enjoyed not having to deal with the workplace mobbing for a day. What else? Uh, Oh, the anniversary of 9-11 just passed, and I was thinking about, I know how uh, most people have come to the conclusion that 9-11 was a staged event. I think so, too, actually, uh, based on, you know, different videos and research I've done. But I was thinking that people still died. Innocent people still died whether it was a staged event or it was really terrorist, it doesn't matter because people died, you know. So we need to pray for those families. I don't even remember how many years it's been, but I know it's been quite a few years now. Um, But still, you know, people actually lost their lives. And if it was staged, that makes it all the worse in my mind. Okay. Oh, someone asked me to do an announcement for them. I'm just looking at my little notes here. Give me a minute. Someone asked me. I have to run to my email real quick. Thank you. Okay, and this is going to be from Matt in the Netherlands. He wants everyone to know that September 17th at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, he will be doing a radio show titled Late Night in the Netherlands, in the Midlands, I'm sorry, Late Night in the Midlands. And the website is www.latenight.com in the Midlands, M-I-D-L-A-N-D-S, dot com. So check that out. It's going, again, September 17th, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I believe he is going to um, tell his targeting story. And um, I'm sure the topic will be target-related. So support Matt. I believe if you go to the website, you should be able to get all the information on how to listen in on that call. Okay. Thank you. Oh, I want to read this article. And I forget who put this in the chat room last week, so forgive me. I I plan to look back at the... uh, at the notes to see who put this in there so I could thank them. So I apologize that I did not do what I intended to do. Uh, but this link was put into the chat room last sun- on last Sunday's call. And whoever put it in there kept trying to get my attention to ask me to read it, but I was caught up in doing whatever I was doing. But during the week, I did go back and read it. And it has to do with the Richmond, California police, Captain Gagan, 
um, who was over what I thought was going to be a TI task force, and you guys all know the story about Richmond and how they're helping to targeted individuals and so on and so forth. So I guess there are some latest developments with that. I'm not sure. I really uh, have not been up on everything they're doing there in Richmond. But as I said, someone put this in the chat room. So I read it later, and I must say I was a bit uh, disappointed and surprised. Okay, so I'll read it to you, and I'll put the link in the chat room. It says, on targeted individuals and Richmond's strained police resources, a a Q&A, a question and answers, with RPD Captain Gagan. Okay. Richmond Police Department Captain Mark Gagan has been at the forefront of the city's handling of targeted individuals. These individuals made headlines after the Richmond City Council approved a resolution supporting the ban of space weapons over the city, which they helped spearhead in collaboration with Council Member Javanka Beckles. Critics of the resolution have called the city's involvement embarrassing and a waste of time. Captain Gagan, the RPD, and even the mayor's office have seen their resources drained as targeted individuals, people who claim they are victims of organized stalking and attacks from space-based weapons in an attempt to control their minds. Reach out uh, from around the world for help from the city. Radio Free Richmond talked with Captain Gagan to better understand targeted individuals, sometimes referred to as TIs. Their impact on the city and what the RPD is doing to resolve the situation. Okay. So Radio Free Richmond, um, how long, and this is the question, how long have you been working with the targeted individual community? Captain Gagan's answer was, Last fall, I was invited to attend a meeting that involved numerous people that felt that they were the victims of harassment and other types of intimidation. It really did appear that many of the people who were reporting this behavior were displaying signs of paranoia. Now, let me just pause right there because I was in that meeting with Captain Gagan, and he did not, <laughs> he did not express any concern for uh, feeling like we were delusional or paranoid or anything like that. And and there is a YouTube video out there showing his response, and he was very supportive, and he said that he understood and that he knows people who's going through this. So this this article really did surprise me. Um, Sounds like he's backpedaling a bit. Okay. And then he goes on to say, whether it is actually happening or not is almost besides the point. These people are affected, and they feel pain. We want to be part of the dialogue with many who are targeted individuals because many come to our attention based on their anxiety and fears. The other thing we wanted to do was to understand how to reduce stigma and shame for people who need help. I'm taking it that he's talking about psychiatric help here. Okay. And then RFR, uh, Chief Magnus, Express that the RPD is being swamped by calls from targeted individuals. Have you experienced this? Captain Gagan says, this goes back further than the past two weeks. The past two weeks have been less busy, actually, 
But around November, December, January, some websites must have put something out about Richmond PD. I've received about 50 phone calls and emails about this since November. Word has traveled in a network of TIs that Richmond, California believes them and is totally willing to do everything that they need. That's not exactly true. Now, this is what the captain is saying. He's saying that's not true. They don't really believe us. And then he says, um, we don't have a task force to try to locate sinister people with satellites that are reading people's brainwaves. We don't have an open criminal investigation into the post office to see why they're reading people's mail, but those are the rumors that are being passed on through these circles. I have received calls from around the world, Belfast, Ireland, the Netherlands, Australia. People have called, left messages, emailed me because they have uh, read in certain circles that I and our police department was the only true legitimate police force that's willing to listen. RF, uh, RFR. That goes to one of the most difficult issues around the influence of targeted individuals in the city. How do you balance the need to provide mental health services to these people who are experiencing real pain that might be the result of some sort of mental illness? Wow, that's deep. Okay, so Captain Gagan says, for me as a police official to say, I would give no energy, credibility, or resources to the situation because it's far... Well, let me start that one over. Hold on. Okay. For me, as a police official, I say I would give no energy, no credibility, or resources to the situation because it's far-fetched would be missing the need for me to make sure that my office have the right mindset when they're called to a disturbance or to an out-of-control situation it might be one of the targeted individuals who's in crisis. Many TIs believe that they are government that they are governmental conspiracies and other agencies behind the targeting, including law enforcement at a federal level and a local level. Some of the people feel police and government agencies are not only in on it, but the reason that this is happening. That can cause two, two specific reactions. One a level of violence or threat against us, or it can lead to a resistance to call for help when they really need it for other issues. All of these situations really go towards us needing to listen and understand, and that does not mean that we have to verify or validate some of the symptoms or why they're afraid. In my 20 years as an officer, I have dealt with numerous people who have very classic perceptions of them being at harm's way and being surveilled or harassed. Most of the time, being willing to listen and reassure the person that they're safe, that you are understanding what they're saying, and that you want them to be safe and that they are safe. That's usually a way to cut their tension about 50%. Why do you think the situation has gotten so out of control? Captain Gagan says, if somebody was choking and gasping for air in a restaurant, you would know what it looks like and you'd help them. But if they were not displaying that obvious sign of panic, you miss it. That might explain why some who are who are well-intentioned are overcommitted to having this to be where it needs to be, which is a shift of no longer treating it, uh, not as a public safety threat, but rather a medical psychiatric emergency where long-term management of those feelings 
need to be the focus. Okay, and then they asked him what is they asked the captain what is his plan moving forward. He says serving people who are in crisis and relieving their fear. Uh, since uh, since we're at the police, since we're wait a minute that doesn't make sense. Serving who are in the crisis and relieving their fear, since we're are the police and we're our public safety and we are public safety. People need to be able to call us. They shouldn't feel like we, the police department, are doing something like this. Understanding how to successfully deal with them while we're there, avoiding the use of force, and reducing stigma for those who are in crisis is one of our main goals. Not once in my emails or conversations with TIs have I validated somebody saying that a satellite is reading my brainwaves and making me do something. Many of the allegations I have heard about being surveilled are very similar. Rather than validate their concerns, it's a better long-term strategy for someone with mental health issues to be on a managed, thoughtful care program to keep them on their medication. I have talked with just about everybody professionally about the need to uh, focus on sort of the to focus on sort of the sensational and far-fetched allegations because that's not what we are trying to address. It's really that people deserve not to feel fear if they need help. Okay, so that's the end of the article. That's that's a big change in what he was saying at the meeting that I was at. So let me just see what you guys have to say about this, and then we can just just talk about this article for a minute, you guys, okay? And then we can come back and do check-in. Ty Jerome? Hello? Hello? Yes, hi. Hi there. It's a, I don't know if my transmission is coming across a little bit uh, blurry, but um, sorry. Having a little bit of transmission problem. I was thinking about hanging up and calling again to see what would happen. Oh. Okay. Is that, okay. We'll, we'll be here. Okay. Yeah, just 30, 30 seconds or so. All right. Okay. Thank you. Okay, you guys. Um, I'm, I'm a mute. Oh, wait. Someone has a big echo. I am. Um, ooh, wow. Wait. I have to find the echo. There's a big echo. It might be my phone. Okay, it's not South Dakota. Hello? Okay, it might be New York. Let me see. Hello? I think it's New York. Um, Is anybody there? Would you guys like to speak on the article I just read? It had to do with um, how the uh, captain in Richmond, California, feels about the targeted individual community. Did anybody hear that article that I just read? Okay. Hello? Yes, hi, Elvira. Hello, everyone. And uh, uh, would you read it again when, when you get more people on? Because this is a very important uh, subject that you're on right now. And that's what mm-hmm. I was thinking, to actually do it again later. Would you? Yeah, or maybe I'll summarize it again later. Yeah, yeah, yes, it's a little bit concerning for me. Um, did, did, you, did you hear about that article um, prior to me reading it, Elvira, or did you just hear yeah. about it? Yes, yeah. I've heard a lot of stuff, but, uh, you know, okay. people people need to look before they leap. 
you know, and I've heard from people that that live there, you know, that that live there all along. And so I would just advise people to uh, investigate things before they, you know, even donating money and, 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 you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. You know, get some information first. This is why I think this 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 particular subject should be discussed when there's more people, you know, on. Because I'm yeah, sending out I can, text. I can definitely out a text. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely remind I'll, people that Renata's show is on. Yeah, thank you. I will definitely read this again because uh, I know there's a lot of people moving to Richmond and have already moved to Richmond. And uh, they might want to do a little more research, like you said, and think twice because it sounds like they're changing their tune a bit to me. I lived there, Renata, remember? Yes. I was there with Amy Anderson, you know, when she first come to freedom. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, I'm, and I'm ill, and the doctor told me that I need to get out of Richmond because Richmond has the highest cancer rate in California. He told me another place to go. So that's another thing people need to consider, especially if you're ill and have a physical illness. So I'm just going to mute myself and listen. Excellent show. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. You're the best. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Anybody else have a comment, Jerome? Did you hear the article? Yeah, I heard the article. It's just, um, I don't know, no one should be surprised. It's just standard things when you deal with the government. They make a lot of promises, and they follow through on very little. So, um, you know, it's just same old, same old, just the status quo. Been this way for a long time. Governments talk. Everyone gets excited. They sound very good because they're professional talkers and liars. People fall for it, and then boom, they get a kick in the face, and then that's it. Yeah. Yeah, very disappointing for me. Um, He didn't give any indication when we were in that meeting that I went to that he felt that the TI community was mentally ill and they needed help and they're handling us with kid gloves because we have these delusions and wow. But like you said, it's pretty much standard operating procedure, you know. Um, He probably got called on the carpet. We're trying to help, you know? Anyway, I'll put that link in the chat room for you guys. All right, so, Jerome, how's everything going? Oh, let me give the question of the day, okay? Okay. I'm going to just put you guys back on mute. doesn't look like anybody has comments on that. All right. My thought, uh, give me one second, uh, Jerome, and I will unmute you. Okay, so the scripture I read, I'm going to go back to that because it, it is uh, Romans 8 and 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Okay. 
that's the part we're going to focus on for the question of the day. For those who are called according to his purpose. Let me get some other notes here. So, okay, so my thoughts are that everyone in the world has a purpose and that we were all sent here for a reason. Every place we've ever been, every job we've ever had, every hobby, every class, anything good and bad, bad relationships, bad marriages, horrible things has happened, good things has happened, everything comes into play for your God-given purpose. That's what I believe. So we have to figure it, figure out what it is that God would have us to do. What is it that we are supposed to do? What are we sent here for? How are we supposed to contribute to humanity? I don't believe that we're supposed to sit around and watch all these atrocities happening and we don't take part in trying to make this world a better world. We have to kind of forget about what we're going through for a moment because so many people say I can't because I don't get any sleep, I'm being tortured. You kind of have to stick that to the side because there's a lot of work to be done, a lot. We have to do something to make this world a better place. Whatever your calling is, whatever your unique gift, your unique talent, it was instilled in you from day one. That's what I believe. It's already there. There's a scripture that says, he who began a good work in you will continue it to the end. So that work was already began. Have you ever seen like a little kid who loved to sing, would sing with the hairbrush, and then when they grow up, they become a singer? Or a little kid who loves to comb hair, and they become a hairdresser? Or someone that seems like they naturally know how to work on cars? and they become a mechanic. That's because God has already began that work in them. So we have to keep it going because it's already in us. So some thoughts that I had, I came up with 10 different things on a way that we can try to discover what our calling is because I know for me that was, I struggled with that for years, trying to figure out what am I supposed to do? What am I here for? Because I know I'm here for something, and I tried all these different things. They didn't seem to work out. So I finally, eventually, got it all figured out, at least most of it. So here's some thoughts on how you can discover what your purpose is. Not written in stone, just my thoughts. What are your passions? What kind of things are you passionate about? What makes you excited? What makes you happy? What makes you upset about this world? What you just feel like this just has to change? What is that? Maybe that's where you need to do your work. What are your gifts? What are your talents that come natural to you? What would you like to see changed in the world? In your community, you can start right there in your community. What are you good at? What have other people told you you're good at? What, where do you think you can make a difference? 
all of those things will factor into your purpose. And just try. If it doesn't work out, keep trying until something sticks. Your purpose could come out of a past experience. There are people who uh, are in, uh, have been in domestic violence situations, and they end up giving back in that field. Or uh, people who used to uh, abuse drugs may go back and talk to teenagers. Uh, people who have uh, been drunk drivers. I know drunk drivers who turn their lives around, and now they talk about talk to teenagers about drinking and driving. People who may have been a foster child may want to advocate for other foster children. Somewhere we need to find our niche. It is urgent that we do something to give back to this world. Sometimes it may take a while to realize your life purpose. So the question of the day is, what is your life purpose? Why are you here? What is your mission in life? Just get as close as you possibly can if you don't already know. Some people may already know what their purpose is. But I just want to get you to thinking because we have to get busy with it. Whatever it is, we have got to come out of this targeting thing and just just move forward with trying to walk, walk in our purpose because this world is in a mess. It's a mess. And every area in life needs some light workers. And I believe that we are light workers. And we have got to bring the light to this dark world. So I'm going to unmute the phones. And you can just, you know, put your thoughts out there on what you think your gifts and talents are, where you think you can give back. Okay? One second, you guys. Hi, Jerome. Yeah, hi. You want to answer the question? Yeah, I'll, I'll answer the question, and I hope I'm not coming across real cheesy-like, but um, yeah, just work with me here. My my calling, I think, because I don't know what it is. I don't know if I glow with a certain kind of something-something. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, when people, when they're in trouble, they tend to to gravitate towards me. I'll tell you a story, one that I didn't bring up in talk show ever because it was her personal business. But um, one day I was home watching TV and I heard the screaming out in the hallway and I said, okay, I'm not going to be bothered with it because someone's got to interfere or someone's got to intervene. And it went on for 10, 10, I don't know, 10 minutes or so, 10, 12 minutes. And I said, all right. So I went out in the hallway of the apartment that I was living in and I heard a screaming on this girl where she was hysterical. So I knocked on the door and I said, um, what's going on? What's going on? There's a male voice that answered. And uh, and, he, and he said, nothing's going on here. I said, it sounds like someone's in distress. Open the door, please. I know. So bold and so brazen. 
And uh, he said, uh, you, you have no right to tell me what to do. And I said, okay, that's fine. Okay, I know that there's someone in distress there, and I'm going to call the police. I said, either you deal with me, or you're going to deal with the guys with the clubs and the guns. And then he opened the door, and, um, and this girl ran out. She said, that, uh, can you help me, please? Can you help me? I said, fine. Um, what's going on? She said that this guy won't let me leave. So I, I, um, this guy would not let her leave. Even though I was walking her to the door, he got in the way, and I physically had to restrain him and wrist lock him and uh, move, him, move him over to the side. And then uh, I walked the lady out and I walked her out to the street, make sure that she was safe. And, um, and this is the way my life has gone from time to time, where people, I just seem to, uh, I just seem to be uh, that kind of a vessel for, I don't know if you want to say God, but I'm always in situations where I seem to be intervening. Okay, because uh, when I was a child, I was, you know, I didn't know how to take care of myself properly. I had no big brother or sister, not really. So I had to learn how to use my dukes and my feet. Uh, so I learned well because I got tired of being slapped around. So now I help people out best way I can. So my purpose is I, I, I seem to be a protector of some sort. I don't know what God is thinking. <laughs> but I always seem to be in those situations where I'm protecting or helping someone to get out of situations that they find themselves in. And I also teach people uh, self-defense. So I know I'm always yaggity-yaggering about martial arts. But I've been doing it for a long time, and I, and I teach, and I, you know, teach street proofing. I haven't done it for a long time. And I teach uh, little kids' classes, and I also teach led, uh, ladies' classes. I teach women groups, you know, from uh, shelters that, that, that are in shelter that were beaten up by their husbands. And I also, uh, you know, I also... Uh, you know, promote myself through high schools and stuff like that. So my purpose is I teach and I protect. I don't know if that sounds corny. I don't think I'm an Avenger of any sort. But God definitely has a purpose for me, and uh, he makes it very clear. Because I'm always put into situations where I'm, I'm helping people out. So that would be it. My clear answer would be that. That's, that's excellent, Jerome. Um, while you were saying that, I was thinking about that young lady. She must still think about you to this day. Um, yes. You were you were she hung to be me like a life preserver. She was so scared. Yeah, so she hung on to me like a life preserver. She was so scared, and she was so glad that someone came to her to her aid to her assistance. So in that instance, you were the Lord used you to be her guardian angel. That's right. It seems that yeah. way. Yeah. Yes, and I'm sure she is very grateful to this day. That's that's just beautiful. Um, and so God gifted you with bravery. Not everyone is brave like that, you know, and that is beautiful, and that is really good. As you were talking, I was thinking, well, his purpose is probably to teach self-defense, and you were saying that you already do that, so that's that's great. Absolutely. I don't know if I'm brave or anything because I was was scared because I didn't know if the guy had a weapon or anything. I don't know if he was a lunatic. I didn't know what I was facing, so I was a little bit concerned for my safety. But she was in need of help more than I was, so I just put my thing aside and I moved forward, to, uh, you know, hoping for the best. That's so beautiful. So it sounds like you know your purpose. That's very good. So keep going with it. Yeah, I got no choice. Just people just seem to, you know, gravitate towards my position. That's really good. And, I mean, people always need to know um, self-defense um, tactics, if that's the right way to put that. 
um, especially, you know, the, the TI community, because we deal with so much, you know, the females, um, well, the men too. But, you know, live, a lot of the TIs, uh, female TIs live alone, and um, they could definitely use some help in the um, self-defense arena. So if, if one day you want to come and, and talk about, I know we're not all in the same place, but if you ever want to talk about some self-defense, uh, some ways that we can protect ourselves, you would be welcome to do that. So it sounds like an idea. Yeah, that would be very helpful for us. Thank you, Jerome. And you can talk about anything you'd like to talk about right now. Uh, I'm good. I'm just um, just listening right now. It's, um, you know, it's uh, it was a fantastic question. Just brought back a lot of memories, that's all. Yeah, yeah. All of our gifts and talents are much needed in this world. Really, they are. So thank you. Start eight if you want to speak again, okay? Okay, thank you. Hello, targeted and harassed. Uh, Renata, I know I said I'm going to talk fast because I know my time is limited. Um, I know I said last week that I wasn't going to call back. But like you say, I think it's God calling. I got a story to tell, and I'm going to tell it. It's time for us to speak up to all this abuse and stuff they've given us. And especially I wanted the elders to listen at this because a lot of my topic is going to be what we can do on elder abuse. I've heard a lot of speakers this week, um, and they say everybody talks about the weapons and, you know, the biological things, but nobody tells how to get out the program. I'm not going to be able to tell how to get out the program either, but I want to tell about the types of elder abuse that maybe we can prove some of this thing through the abuse they give us. First, I want to say this. I'm calling back especially because I know the people of my town listened at the call last week because on Labor Day I was uh, harassed with the book bags, the book bag question I asked you. I'm going to read briefly some of the, you know, about the backpacks. Right, right, right. So so I'm going to read briefly some of my notes from Labor Day. They made it on Labor Day so I would get no confusion about the kids being in school. Um, It's a basketball court across from my house. I saw a group of people sitting under that tree, okay, Mm -hmm. by the basketball court. Shortly, Shortly after, a young boy rides his bike from across the street. He had something hanging on that. It could have been a backpack or, you know, one of those bags you put, like, uh, those tablets in. Okay, he he goes and he goes up to the corner. It was a real young boy. And the reason why I'm speaking also on this is because I'm tired of them using these kids. Yeah. Okay, he he goes up to the corner. It couldn't He couldn't get up to the corner good. Along comes four to five more boys on the bikes. Some of the boys had backpacks. One of the boys, as they go past my gate, one of the boys left the group, uh, you know, where he was going from uh, blank to blank street. He comes down the alley and he stops at my gate. When he stops stops at my gate, he taunts my dog. I say to the boy, go head on, because I just cannot sit there and just let let uh, him taunt the dog. Because I could hear one of the boys in the background say, come on in, because he's one of the regulars that come along my uh, pathway on the walkway, you know, the taunt my boy, dogs come through the alley and all that kind of stuff. One of the regulars told him to come on, come on, because this was a, a kid I had never seen before. 
Okay, so when he when he left, as soon as he could get out out of my, the alley on the street, it was like a, a avalanche of the perps came in all those cars. They came from all directions, as you say, say just let them know that I see you. But I don't care if. But, you know, I know that you see me already and I see you, but I'm not going to stand there and just let them talk my dogs. They have had boys come through the alley and just literally stop at the gate. You know that move that you use as a kid, you stomp your feet and jerk your body. They mm-hmm. do all those kind of uh, things, outright uh, harassment. So with that being said, I want to say I know my town is listening at this, the the perps or the uh, hell is or somebody listening at it. So that's why I'm, I decided, and not so much me, but I guess God decided that I tell my story. And and I and please keep everybody muted because I got some valuable information to share with the people. Because you start listening at these calls on some of the other talk shows. I'm not talking about yours. When soon as somebody get ready to give out valuable information, everybody busts in and says everything. Get that all come out of context, and you never get to the, um, you know, the information that's going to help. But I'm going to start with this. Well, I want to, I'm going to start with the story of, of my targeting, but I'm not going to start at the end. I'm going to start at the uh, middle. But for all you seniors, I want to read this to you, and this is what should help us in some kind of way. I hope somebody listening at this call can give uh, some attention to this um subject or show us what to do because this is what we're being abused as seniors. Abuse is a willful infliction of physical pain, injury, or mental anguish upon an older older adult. Physical abuse, non-accidental use of force that results in bodily injury, pain, or impairment. Sexual abuse, non-consensual sexual contact of any kind. Emotional abuse, willful inflection, inflection of mental or emotional anguish by threat, humiliation, imitation, intimidation, or abusive conduct. Okay, uh, I'm just going to read those few as a as a start of some of the things that we have to go through with, as seniors. But I want to start my story in the middle, and then later on through the weeks, you know, when you come on. I will start it from the beginning. The reason why I want to start in the middle is because I want to show you how they falsify our records. Um, mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. Uh, but I, like I say, God has allowed me to see all this, and that's why I can can prevent it through documentation. There's the things that I'm going to say. Okay? Um, I'm going to start this off on August 1st. Uh, okay. Not August 4th, 4th but 401 uh, 2013. Mm-hmm. I went to the doctor's office, and um, I'm not going to give you give anybody my complete medical history, but I'm just going to give a brief detail. Mm-hmm. I went to the doctor's office on 4-01-13, and w- some of my conditions was, I'm going to just list one, um, unspecified uh, essential hypertension. It was no mention of any type of mental issues or, or anything like that. Now that's August. I mean April. So it's at four. It's April first, um, twenty thirteen. Okay. Okay. Let me add this in too. I had a nurse practitioner, and who she was extremely nice. 
So I did go into some details about being followed and everything like that. So my 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 point is saying to to the people, she was a black woman, and I put my trust in her. And you people, I want you to understand. I don't care if they're black, white, or what race you are. Don't put your trust in anyone. Okay. So April first, um, she sent me a letter to my home. Now this after I left the the, the doctor's appointment. She said, Mrs. Sanders, I left you a voicemail about this, but also wanted to send you the reminder that your uh, prescription for blank, blank for the next four weeks will be uh, 40 mg's instead of 60. A new prescription for the decreased dose was sent to the pharmacy today. Each pill is 20 mg instead of 30. The new medication is called uh, it's called Aprozaly, but it's really called Abilify. Uh, she said two MGs has been added to. You will take it either at bedtime or uh, or, or dinner. And then and he said she said here's the card you would need to have your outside. Okay, that's something else about sending some medical records there. Okay, so on now that, now listen at this. That's April first. Um, okay, on April twenty ninth. I went back to the doctor, and um, she put on my record unspecified hypertension, and then on that, uh, uh, she put on that paranoia behavior, something that we didn't ever discuss. Okay, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a. Okay, then I had a doctor's appointment on um, October the 18th at one of my doctors, and. Uh, she put on there also once they put something on your your uh record they don't really even follow suit they just um more or less put down there some of the things that you had before okay so i had a doctor's appointment for october the 18th and she had put on on there uh, again high blood pressure and then they didn't put they put on there just a mental health problem Okay, but I know that I had I had some more papers, but I can't find around here. With they, with them coming in your house, taking everything, you only have so many medical records left. But okay, but I had a doctor's appointment for for um, the 18th, and I know they had been putting that on my my record. So on October the 17th, I wrote. Okay, let me put this on there. As soon as she put all this on my medical records and everything, she left the facility. It was no way that I could get in contact with her and talk to her about anything. So, people, I want you to understand, they use these nurse practitioners because I had a nurse practitioner before examine me at one of my doctors. As soon as she examined me, she left. But this is what I did uh, uh, in, in response to this. On October the 17th, I wrote a new letter to the doctor. I said, I am writing this letter because of false information being applied to my medical records. I shared some personal information with blank and blank. blank. One of the doctors told me she believed the things that I shared with her. The one who had put the mental health uh, issue on my account, on the other hand, stated my encounter dated uh, uh, 4-29-2013, that I had a uh, paranoia uh, behavior, and she put on that that it was dated as four o one thirteen, which I showed you, uh, spoke to you, and showed six, showed it wasn't on my record. But on that letter, she re uh, 
put uh, in one of these papers that it was dated on the first, which it wasn't. She, when when I talked to her about anything, they she asked me how was my sleep it was what she asked me at the at the office visit. So I'm te- showing you how they'll change things and lie on you. She asked me how was I sleep, and I told her my sleep wasn't good that good because at the beginning of you know our targeting, you know they give us a certain time that they wake us up, and mine was always between three o'clock and three thirty. Every night that was my standard time of waking up. But a letter was sent to my home dated 4-1-2013 that Victoria Keaton says that the prescription for Abilify was sent to the pharmacy. Uh, uh, Victoria, oh, I did say her name already, did not speak to me about paranoid behavior. I was under the impression I was getting medicine for sleep. I went to, to the pharmacy to pick up the prescription. The person on duty asked me, did I know why I was taking this medication? I told him it was for sleep. He said sleep. You know, he couldn't believe what I was saying. You, you know, you could tell by his expression. I put on this le- Then my next statement on the letter is, it is perhaps uh, blank, blank, who said, uh, who has been paran- had, who has paranoid behavior. She has rushed into stating that I was paranoid simply because she did not believe the things that I shared with her. Blank, in my case, could not see that everything I shared with her was true. Uh, Blank has allowed false statements being put on my medical records because of 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 an undiagnosed condition she stated as paranoia behavior. What is being put on my medical record now is mental health issues, which is simply untrue. My question now is how many people have been falsely accused of having mental health issues simply because someone has made a statement and no testing to prove it true? The things that I have had to endure these past four-plus years and still going ongoing as of this writing has caused my health to suffer greatly. This has really taken a toll on my family as well. My believability is what they are trying to destroy. With all of this, it, when all of this is exposed, and it will be, my statements will be true. I can't let my integrity be destroyed because of untrue statements um, uh, by blank. But I said a name already. But so I am asking the doctor, I state his name, to make this letter a part of my medical records. So when he came in and read the records that day, um, he said that they would put that letter in there as a part of my medical records. Okay. So when I went back to the doctor, um, as of January, when I had another appointment, um, that statement was off my medical records. Now, I don't know if they're trying to put something on the main encounter about it, but the encounter that they gave the pa- patients, which is about six pages long, that that statement was off of there. So my point in saying all this is I want the, the listeners to be aware of when you go to these doctors, save your papers the best you can, even though you know that they come in your house and they take your records and everything. You listen at your doctors and everything, but trust no one. Because I tell you this, 
and I want you to listen at this good, and I know it for a fact. When you when you target it, everybody that you come in contact with is is uh, has been contacted in some kind of way. They could they could be in the other room listening, and you unbeknownst to you, but they're there. That's all I wanted to say on this uh, on the beginning of the targeting. The middle of Thank it. you. Thank you so much. And you know, um I had a couple thoughts as you were as you were talking. Um, first of all, it's very brave of you to expose this and um and that's very good that you are exposing it because they do not like exposure. And when you start to expose you you, you begin to take your power back. So that is very good that you are letting people know what they're doing to you. So, yes, I just, well, let me say this first, Renata, because it's a per- person I want to thank, and that's a friend of yours, and I know she's probably not listening, but I know you probably get it to her. Last week I listed, list, listened to Alda, and she mm-hmm. says that, you know, we have to drop this fear. You know what, and I, and I, and I look at it like this, regardless if I tell my story or don't tell my story, the people going to do, do what they're going to do to me anyway. Right. So it's time for us to get our stories out there, and I know it's plenty of people here that's got stories to tell. I, when I start telling my stories, I'm going to tell from the beginning when the targeting started all the way up until the biological weapons, which I learned all this t- uh, terminology from Alda, uh, to the direct energy we- we- weapons. I'm, I'm not going to say everything today, but listeners, I want you to know they shocked me so bad. That, that they shocked me so bad with them weapons, I would stand up and scream. I would, you know, I would go in the drugstores and different places. I would use the terminology shocked until Alda informed me through her program that it's biological weapons. That's why I want to thank Alda. And I yes, do want to thank, yes. thank you for having the show that's given me this platform to put my story out there. It's time for us to tell it. Tell it. We don't need us being abused like this. God has shown me everything they did from to me from, you know, from the... To, to when, when I remember, picked up on it, and my my point point of saying that is, uh, if they say that they try to build records on us and you know lie and everything, but when you know everything uh, and everything they did step by step, step, it's not too much lying on you they can do because you know the people they talk they had talked to you. Right. And so it's and you, and you know the people they had coming around your house, so you know the people they had follow following you when they first started following me i want you to listen at this good for somebody that's just getting targeted don't know it when they start following you in these cars it's going to be like a caravan it's going to be so many cars following you you can't count them you're going to see some of your relatives and everybody in these lines but but beware they following you and i'm i want to say one more thing about this on this subject today beware that when they first started following me they started following me in all these cars and they started putting uh you know those um Plastic like, and they're not really plastic. Those things that you can put on your car, they have magnets on them. It might say daycare on one label. The next label, they might say um, uh, balloons for sale. So they put all these things on these cars. So just everybody, I want you to beware. Just beware of everything around you because when you target it, everything around you is being targeted. Do you know why you're targeted? I believe, I don't know, but I believe, and I'm going to stay out there because I believe when my daughter died, she left me insurance money. And I think that because of the insurance money, they wanted to target me. And if, because I think it's what they call the asset forfeiture program. They have a program where they could take your money and stuff without charging you for, 
you know, without any type of crimes. You heard of seeing people in their cars and different things. But Eric Holder, before he left office, they said that you have to prove these things. You know, you can't just go in and say somebody got drugs or something without proving it and taking their they, uh, assets and everything. But I want to say this about this. I'm going to tell you this to the listeners. The abuse, I, and, and I had to take with the dogs they had on, on me in these different cars coming down my alley. They literally had dogs on me, all kind of dogs. They had dogs from poodles to those big mastiffs-type dogs. And how do you think I felt being parked next to somebody with these dogs in there when I knew the, what the purpose of these dogs was? Now you can go ahead. They, they, they definitely use dogs a lot. They use them a lot in our targeting. I'm so sorry you're going through all of that. Now, this Abilify that they uh, prescribed for you, when you were in the doctor's office, she did not mention to you anything about your mental health. You just got to the pharmacy and found out that she had prescribed you some Abilify? She wrote me that letter, and that's how I knew that that. It was a, a vilify because uh, she said in this uh, letter, you know, that that I told you that she wrote dated uh, April 1st that uh, she was going to, she said, I left you this voicemail about this, that she was going to prescribe this vilify. So it's and something wh- very important that I caught when you said that, and this has nothing to do with race, but I'm just going to use it to illustrate my point. When you said that, you know, you were comfortable because the lady was a black lady, and so you shared some things with her, that is one of the tactics that they use, and I just want to point that out. They definitely use um, people who you will relate to or people that you're comfortable with to try to pull information out of you and try to bait you into a conversation. So I think that's what they did with you, because I've seen that in my own targeting. They try to, uh, any any interest that you might have, uh, people know that I'm very religious, so they'll send people, you know, to talk about God and this kind of stuff and to agree with you, oh, yeah, I know what targeting is and all of this stuff, and then they betray your trust. So I think that's what they did with you, with her. Yeah, that, I, I know that's what they did with her, with her because, like I say, soon as, she got what she wanted out out of me, uh, and to add that into my records, she was gone. She was no longer at the facility, so wow. it was no long, no way that I could get in touch with her or say anything to her about anything because uh, you know she had, had left. We and have so, to find a way to uh, to be able to write to the medical board or something. I haven't figured that out yet to get our medical records changed because it should not be whatever these people say, go. We should have a, a, a voice in our own, you know, medical history. That's that's why I wrote that letter. But let me point this out to you. I have a, a date encountered April 29th uh, that I had with her. I guess this might have been one of my last visits uh, with her. She put on there that um, I had this uh, paranoia behavior, Okay. Now this dated April 29th, but in in the bottom, uh, uh, she put on there it was dated from uh, April 1st, 2013. When I read you my encounter, that nothing was mentioned of that on April 1st, uh, and that's when she sent the letter out. You know, uh, you know, trying to add on that she added 
some this new medication, but yet she dated on here that it was dated April first when on my encounter sheets there's no mention of that, and we didn't mention anything about that. The only thing we mentioned that I was getting this medication you know for sleep, so my point is saying that to, to everybody is to let you know how they lie and change your medical records. You have to know it and be aware of it. If I wasn't aware, God hadn't shown me, they could have put all this in there and, and unbeknownst to me, and it would still be uh, on there without me knowing it or being able to say something about it. But that letter I wrote um, is in my records, and that uh, uh, encounter uh, on the 18th of October, um, Oh, not uh, uh, January 7th, because 18th of October, when I went to my hand, gave him the letter. When I went back on uh, uh, January 7th, it was no longer on my record, uh, at least the sheets that they give me. And if they put something on my record and not on the sheets that they gave me, what I'm being seen, seen for, that's more, more fraud and lies. So I just want everybody to be aware of the things that I tell you because everything I tell you is true, it's documented, and uh, I just hope the good Lord allowed me to tell you these things so maybe somewhere along the way that I could help somebody. And that's why I believe is my calling to come through you, Renata, to be able to tell my story. And thank God you got the people on mute so they can't bust in and, uh, you know, uh, destroy what we're trying to say to help the people. And that, that is, I'm glad you pointed that out. That is one of the reasons why I do it the way I do it now. I didn't always do it this way. But to give everyone uninterrupted time to be able to, to process what's on their mind, you know, without being interrupted, because that has happened a lot here in the past where people are saying something very important and then the whole conversation gets sidetracked. And sometimes that's intentional. Sometimes that is very intentional. I have to say that some people are sent here to do that. So this works out better where everybody gets to share without any interruptions. Um, also, there was something else that you said um, about your evidence, your uh, medical records missing, and you're right. They, they will come in and remove things. I think one of the ways that you can remedy that is if it's something very important, you can scan it, which will cost you a little bit, but you can go somewhere like Kinko's or something and scan it, uh, anything any important documents and send it to your email. Um, you can uh, send it to someone else, you know, put it in another location, make copies, you know, so that you'll have more than one copy of very important papers. Yeah, I'm let me, curious let, let we me, had some things missing too. Yeah, mm -hmm. you, you have things, miss, uh, uh, things missing. Let me say this. Um, they have you to you you get to the point that you don't even even though you need medical attention and you need it badly you not they have you to the point you 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 don't want to go to the doctors anymore because you you because you have become aware of the fraud and the misreputation the misrepresentation that they're giving you so it's like it's like you start going without the medical attention you need because of it because That's of this true. That is true. And, and, and let me add one more thing. No I, I'm going to add one more thing to this, and then I'll, you can go on to somebody else. I want to say this. When I start telling my story, I want to tell you how, how, even though I heard some people say it, I want to tell you and express 
real bad. How they start ripping your teeth out your mouth. They give you you they give you these toothaches and these sicknesses. It's like sicknesses you never had before. They 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 make you so sick and they hurt you so bad. It's like you be literally crying in tears like a two year old kid. It's, it's the pain that they give you and the sickness they give you is indescribable. Wow. So I'm so sorry. You. I'm so very sorry you're going through all of that. Um, and, and and you know you're right when you said about you know it just makes you not even want to go to the doctor. I kind of feel that way myself. But reality, we do need medical attention at times. I and I'm speaking for myself. I have gotten to the point where I just go in and say, "This is what I expect. I am being targeted. Believe it or not, but this is what I expect, and I will record if I need to record." Yeah. Because, I mean, but you have to be careful with that because they can haul you off. I'm usually with, you know, my husband or something when I do it. But I have let them know. I do not plan to come out of here microchipped, you know, and whatever. Because they, they will target you at the doctors. I have had it happen many times. But you still need your medical care. Let me let me say this since you say that about the medical uh the microchip. I hope also somebody through all this can hear me because I would love to be tested for this microchipping and stuff like that because of all the things that they did to my teeth and everything like that. I would love to be uh te- uh you know, tested for that. If somebody out there has some kind of connection that they can uh uh test me for that free, uh I, I, I'm, you know, I would pay for my transportation to get to where it's at, but I, I, I would love to be there because, you know what, I have have nothing to hide because whatever they're going to do to me, they're going to do it anyway. You know, I, I know that my house is bugged, computer bugged, phone bugged. I, I think I'm bugged, you know. So it's like what what at, at, at a certain point, what do you have to hide? They know everything anyway, so all you do, you're, not, you're not whistleblowing. You're only telling the things that they've done to you. Go to go to YouTube. I can't remember how I fi- found it. I'll try to find it um, by the end of this call. But go to YouTube and put in how to detect microchips because there's a targeted individual on there showing how you can detect them on your own. Um, I think she was using like a transistor radio or something, but I can't remember. So go to YouTube and just type in some keywords and see what you come up with. Okay. I appreciate everything, so I'm over and out to next week when I start from the beginning. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're calling in now. I really am. I really am. That's how you get strong and, and take the power back. So tell me again, what did you what did you say your calling is, your life's calling? Uh, my, my life calling, I believe now, is to tell my story, okay. uh, to help somebody else to know what they do, to know what they, you know, what they expect, you know, and, and you know, you don't, have to be afraid, you know. At first, you're gonna be afraid because you don't know what's going on. But as mm-hmm. time goes on, you know, you see that nothing is happening. That is just going on. That they, nobody stops you. You know, they, you, you know, uh, 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 nothing like that. So everything keeps going on. So I want want everybody to know how it starts, how it builds up, and how it keeps on going. Very good. That's very good. And I think the good Lord, like I say, put you in your place to, you know, to have the show, and he's led me to your show that I could tell the things that I'm going through to help somebody else. 
Very good. And what what I can do um, for anybody is when you when you feel like you say something important on this call, I can label it on the outside. You know where I put the title. I can label it uh, with your name or whatever you want me to put, so that you will know that it's the particular show. Because as time goes on, you'll forget which call you said it on. Like if you ever want to use it for a proof or evidence or whatever. Because um, I do that for myself. When I expose something about my job or whatever, I'll put it in the title, like Renata's Workplace Mommy, so I'll know I can go directly to that. So if you want me to do that, I, I can. Yeah, what I have did starting last week, I, I was writing the, the dates down because I know the calls are being recorded, and with them being recorded and what I say, I have some type of proof or some type of recording for this. So I have did that. You know, right. just okay, write the good. date down. So I thank you for having these, these, you know, this being taped, that we do have some proof about what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, stay strong and keep fighting. Okay, so I'll talk to you next week from the beginning. <laughs> okay. And you can you can chime back in later on this call if you like. It's up to you. Okay, thanks. All right. Thank you. Okay. Bye. That was targeted and harassed. That's wonderful that she's telling her story. They don't want us to talk about it. They want us to suffer in silence, but we shouldn't. You know, in the beginning, sometimes when uh, in the beginning when you first get targeted or discover that you're targeted, you 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 go through this whole phase of I shouldn't talk, I shouldn't tell my name, I shouldn't say too much, I shouldn't expose things, uh, because you're you're afraid. But then you get to the point where you realize, like targeted and harassed just said, you realize that whether you talk or not, they're still going to target you. So you might as well expose it. Okay. Hello, South Dakota. Hello. Yes. Hi, would you like to say something? <laughs> this is Lady Beetle. I got in. I had to hang up three times. Oh, I my have a lot goodness. to say. Yeah, How I know. are you? I, I, I'm okay. I mean, it's been many months since I've been able to join live, but I keep up every week on the archives. So I kind of I continue to listen. Um, yeah, good. Well, I'm glad I, you I know got through we, today. I know. We talked, I don't know, I guess a week or so ago, right? I was dealing with all that medical stuff all summer. I'm still having health issues, but they're they're improved. Anyway, so. So what is on your mind? Did you hear the question of the day? um, I didn't hear the question of the day because I had to hang up and dial in a couple of times. But there are things I missed. Okay, so I'll tell you the question of the day, but you can go on with what you want to say and answer it at the end of your conversation if you like. The the My thought was that, is that everyone has a calling, which I've said so many times on this call. Um, right. And the question was, what do you think your purpose is? What do you think your calling is? Why are you here? What is your mission in life? Why are you here? What What, what is your purpose? Do you believe you have a purpose? Are you walking already in your purpose? Do you have any ideas what your purpose is? 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, well, okay. I, I think I think that that has changed for me. I, I I don't know. I guess the targeting is a kind of like, you know, it's an awakening of sorts that yep. fundamentally shifts our lives in, you know, in every area and, you know, our our relationship to ourselves, our relationship to other people. Our, our our notions about the question you're asking, like who are we and why are we here, what are we doing? I think those things all shift, you know, when when the, when the targeting like sort of uh, shapes you. It, it's kind of the way I was thinking about it, and I can't. Part of it is temperament, but also training. Is is um, I have multiple technical degrees, right? So I come from a math and engineering science sort of background, both both academically and, and in the implied space. And then also I have a military background, so that sort of has colored my experiences. But um, it's kind of like I realize, like what the, the woman before was saying, she wants to speak out, she feels like we need to say it. You know, I think a lot of us kind of land there. Mm-hmm. And 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 I have that feeling too, because I feel like, all right, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a level of proficiency, you know, like adapting to this really hideous program. <laughs> it's not, you know, wasn't really in my agenda, at, you know, as an adult, as a you know, person who was studying technical and science work or whatever. My, my ideas of contributions to society didn't really include adapting to other people's, you know, uh, maltreatment of me. But that's what it's become. So I... At, at the same token, I realized that in listening to the calls or going through it for a period of years, and I went through the same sort of uh, things like everyone else talks about in the beginning, being really upset, really traumatized, easily triggered, you know, psyched out by the, you know, the coordinated stalking, the color thing, the people saying stuff, you know, how do they know what I was just saying in my home an hour ago, now they're saying it in the store, and all, all the things, I, I've gone through all the same hideous stuff that everyone talks about on these calls, the job mobbing and everything else, right? So being, uh, you know, many times, uh, you know, the psyche valve stuff, threatening to lock me up or whatever, and that type of thing has been done to me repeatedly, dragged into courts and stuff like that. So um, I get it. And then I realize that there's a point where you sort of break through, Renata, and I think you've done that, several people have done that, I hear, I can hear the different levels. And the way that I was thinking about it this past week, because I was listening to the archive last week and there were a bunch of things that triggered in my mind. And the way that I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, if I ever get a chance to get on live, I really need to sort of pose this concept that I formed of why we have this, you know, we, we go through the anger response, right? And then we go through this, like, I want to shake you, frustration response with other targets who maybe only understand one part of it, you know, they don't understand the electronic attack, they only understand gang soaking, or they don't allow for some of the more sophisticated, nuanced stuff related to audio spotlighting or nuanced, you know, nuances with the psychological, you know, uh, stuff, okay? There's other things that go on. And I realize it's a lot like math, okay? So I said, let, what in my world can I relate this to that's really, like, what is a simple thing that I can make a metaphor that's, like, good for everybody? And I realized it was like math because I tutor, you know, students in math, young children and also adult learners. 
And, you know, I've done that in the past. And I myself am a math major. So I'm like, okay, what, when you first get your, your, your younger kids and they're excited about numbers, they've learned how to read, you know, the numbers thing is becoming accessible to them. So they're learning one plus two equals three. They're learning how to add. They're learning how to subtract. And then they get into, like, fourth and fifth grade. They learn that, you know, multiplying, they start to memorize their multiplication tables, and they realize multiply is a trick of add. And divide is a sophisticated trick of subtract, and then you start getting into things like, you know, middle school age kids, you know, they do the fractions and the percents, you start doing interesting things, and you could start doing the unknown, so the X plus 3 equals 8, well, you could subtract from both sides and get the X equals 5, right? So you could start to solve the problem. So there's an empowerment piece that happens when you start to decode or figure out what's going on, right? It's not just numbers, and it's not just grouping. There, there are higher order things you could do with it. But I remember being one of those kids in grammar school, kids, whatever. I, I liked math. You know, I was a math kid. Always have been. Obviously, I went into engineering. And um, a friend of mine, you know, an older friend who was either in high school or college at the time, you know, was over, or my cousin or whoever it was, and I saw their textbooks. And I was like, oh, there's your math book. And I wanted to look at the math book, and I was maybe in fifth grade or something. And they had a calculus book. And the calculus was filled to the room with these symbols and this really weird stuff, and totally inaccessible to me. The operations, the functions, the way it was described, what was going on, the higher order sophistication of calculus was nothing like the pre-algebra I was doing in middle school, right? Add, subtract, divide, fractions, percents, and everyday math. And so as you develop, you get into high school and you learn, okay, now there's this math called geometry, which is like the shapes, and the 2D, and then you can get into a 3D thing. You can really go advanced even in geometry because you can go from 2D to 3D to modeling to advanced visualizations of the computer in graduate school. And with calculus, with algebra and calculus and things like that, you end up doing these funny symbols and things like that. But there's no way that the college kid is going to come into a, group, a room full of sixth graders and start doing calculus on the board and expect them to learn it. It's inaccessible to them. The language is inaccessible. The, the meanings of the symbols aren't even accessible to, uh, to a kid at that level of their development, right? And I feel like a similar thing goes on with the targeting community. You start out having this direct experience. You're gang stalked, You get numbers. You get haze. You, like weird stuff starts happening. You don't get it. And this is like everything's exciting, stimulating. You get your memory. You're like starting to decode the patterns so that multiplying and divide is a pattern of added subtract. You start to see all that. And, you could, and you're with up your peers, right? And you can test each other, you know, joke around, and learn, you know, mo uh, multiply, you know, do the times tables, memorize all the times tables, and everything. You start to do things, right, with the numbers. And you, you could share in that with, with your peer group. But you can't really have a meaningful discussion with someone who's an advanced college student who's studying calculus has, can talk to the talk at the level of the younger student, but the younger student cannot talk to the level of the college student, right? So I feel like a similar thing happens in the TI committee. We go through advanced stages, depending on how we've dealt with it, what we've been through, from the initial targeting, the gang stalking, the job mocking, the, the, the being followed, uh, tampering with the mail, or finding some kind of trigger that gets each of us, like mail has been one of mine, you know, uh, other people report other things that they do to them all the time with the phone or the car. Some people have this, like, repeat stuff that gets done to them because it keeps working on them over and over again until you can reach that point where it doesn't bother you anymore. Right? So, like, until the student reaches the point where they know their times table is cold, so now they're moving on to other things. 
you know, the higher order equations, multiple equations, 2D graphing, 3D calculus, that type of stuff, actually solving real-world engineering problems and getting to a more sophisticated application of your knowledge base, right, as time goes on. And it's a discipline. You know, we call, in college, we take degrees, we call them disciplines, engineering discipline, English discipline, the history discipline, the math discipline, because you end up diving deep in many areas of that topic, of that subject matter. You become a subject matter expertise, so you get a degree in it or whatever, whatever the, the topic is. I feel like it's just the, part of the reason why we have so many conflicts in the TI community itself is because we've got cal college students who are studying calculus talking to sixth graders who are just getting a handle on fractions. And they're just barely emotionally, psychologically coming to terms with the gang talking. I, that A, that it's happening, yes, it's real, no, they're not imagining it, B, they're not mentally ill, C, it happens to other people. Oh, by the way, there's this whole world out here. You know, like in yeah. math, when you, you, when you, you know, like as I studied in my math and went to engineering, oh my God, there's this whole world out here. And then as you got like these uh, really higher order tools and visualization tools in the computer, oh my God, there's this whole world out here. This is how we can make things. We build cars, we build computers. We do stuff as engineers with this map. It's, it's a tool. It's real. I mean, we do stuff with it, right? So as you advance, you have a different lexicon, a different vocabulary, a different understanding a more mature way of coping with it or wrestling with it or advancing your own skill, right? So I haven't always been dealing with it this well. In the beginning, I would break down. I went through my breakdowns, like you've talked about breaking down, where I broke down. I was really pushed over the edge. I was symptomatic with PTSD. I was crying a lot. I stopped doing the things that I used to enjoy doing. I distrusted relationships. I ruined a number of relationships. I'm not even sure to say rightly or wrongly over uh, believing they were targeting me. And I, to this day, I still don't even know whether they were or were or were not or are or are not. I don't know that. Very hard to discern, right? And so when you get uh, TIs argue with one another, I think it's um, uh, the 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 um, you know the advanced person who says, oh well, just ignore it. You can ignore it. Well, in the beginning, when people said it to me, intellectually, yes, I knew that that was a strategy to do, but on a tactical, practical, everyday level, I was not capable of doing it. Now, will the sixth grader continue to study Algebra 1, Algebra 2, Geometry, and get into high school and college and learn the calculus? Yes, but the sixth grader is still wrestling with fractions. Will right. they eventually be able to do the calculus? Yes, if they continue to study. Yes, if they continue to apply themselves. Yes, if they continue to, to work and have a daily practice and, and open their mind to the, the, the next course and the next year and the next topic and the next learning and receive instruction. Right? As, that is you true. as you continue to receive instruction and practice and do the problem sets and are in the uh, in classes and have your peers in algebra and then geometry, then calculus, and then you go on to college, a whole level of sophisticated capability opens up to you. So expecting the seventh grader to have the capability of a college calculus student is unfair, right? So mm -hmm. we do that when we talk to beginning PIs. We say, oh, get over it. And I remember feeling that way. I remember being that sixth grader and looking at the calculus book and going, oh, my God, what are these symbols? I'll never be able to do this. And I remember having a similar feeling as a TI listening in the beginning years when people say, oh, just get over it. You can tolerate it. Go to the thing. Go to the thing. All the sort of glib 
prescriptive advice that's thrown out there, I'm like, I'll never be able to do this. I'm just way too emotionally traumatized. I'm feeling too vulnerable and injured. I'm really psyched out by this. I feel like my emotions and my life is spinning out of control. I didn't feel capable of doing that. But guess what? Here I am five years later, and I am doing it. There's a big difference between seventh grade math and five years later, 12th grade math or early college math. There's a big capability difference right there. And well, as we talk about a, a few things you said, um, I, I agree that it does take a daily practice. You have to put something in place every single day, whether yeah. you're having a good day with this or, mm-hmm. or not. You still have to do something. For me, it's prayer and meditation. Those are my main things, but I do do other things. But those those two really work for me. Um, and it, it can be very overwhelming, extremely overwhelming, especially in the beginning because you're trying to figure all this out. You know, right. so and it's coming at you in multiple. There's multiple topics. You got to learn the fractions. You got to learn the percents. You got to learn the, the 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 plotting, the graphing. The, you know, you have all these. Ta- yeah. There's you know, there's a lot to it. And then you hear the electronic attack, the gangster. But then as time goes on, and you reflect back. You know, mm-hmm. as a math student, we, you know, I can laugh at a third grade student who's struggling with their timetables. I know them cold. You, you know, you tell me seven times three, I go 21. But the student who's new to it is struggling with it, right? Well, you know, so, with this targeting, you have got to grow through this. You should be able yes. to look back and say, wow, I used to have a hard time with that, but I'm doing better with it now. You know, yes, and, right, and, and right. people really need some sort of support system in place. I know right. there are a lot of TIs that prefer to go at it alone, and, you know, God bless them if they can do it alone. But for me, I really uh, appreciate the support that I get, you know, from these calls and, and other TIs mm-hmm. that I talk to. Um, it's, I do, it's too. It's a blessing. And I, I think I that do, most, too. Yes, I think that we can fare much better if we do have some sort of support in place and if we do our research. It's so many components. But some something else that you said, you said, um, I'm trying to think back, um, you said that, you, you know, that everything got interrupted, and so cause you, you started off talking about your life's purpose, answering that question. You said you right, had never really factored in, one second, please, right. you said you had never factored in the targeting. But I'm right. thinking for myself, this is for me, everybody don't get mad at me, I see that this targeting was part of my purpose because had it not been for this, I would have never stepped into my purpose. I really would not right. because actually doing these calls is part of my purpose. That's part right. of it. That's not all of my purpose, but that's part right. of my purpose. So if the targeting never happened, then I would never be doing what I'm doing now, which I totally believe is part of what I'm here for. So right. And we can't use this. We, right, we can right. use this as an advantage for us. Is what I'm trying to say. We can right. turn this bad situation into something good for the greater right. good of humanity. We might as well right. <laughs> take the right. lemons and make lemonade out of it because we're here. We're in this right. situation, whether we want to be or not. So we can either wallow in it, or we can make something of it. Right, you know. Right. So you right. can you so, can find your purpose in all of this chaos. We can find right, our purpose. Right. Right. And it's not and it's not so I've actually come full circle with it because it's not so far removed from other things I was doing in my life 
which I thought were on my purpose, this is ty- this is kind of shaped it more, transformed okay. it more. Like so, okay. right, like you're baking the cake and then you pour yeah. the cake into a mold. The mold, the shape of the mold might is different now, but the ingredients are all the same. Right. Okay, so I'm right? going to go to the next person, but um, just uh, if you want to tell us what what do you think your purpose is, you have a. <laughs> come back to me. <laughs> okay. You come back. Come back to me. All right. <laughs> you sure? Okay. Yeah. I'll come back. Mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah, can come back to me now if you like. No, come back to me. It's fine. Give me some more time to think about it. Okay. Thank you, Lady Beetle. So glad you made it to the call today. She has a really hard time um, calling in. Her phone does not want her to call into this call. So she was able to make it today, and I'm glad. All right. Hello. Tennessee. Hello. Hi. Um, I talked to you last week. Um, and I'd like to make some comments about two previous uh, ladies that were speaking. The first okay, tell lady, me your name again, please. Tell me your name again, please. Excuse me? Tell me your name again, please. Um, today I'm going to be... Uh, Brandy. I don't really like to give well, you my know what? Okay, we have another Brandy. So uh, let me give you a nickname. I'm good at giving nicknames. That's we'll call you Tennessee. Nick. We'll, we'll call you Tennessee. <laughs> okay. That's that fine. Okay? okay? That's fine. Okay. Okay. Um, the first caller was talking about uh, some of the tactics that they used. And, uh-huh. and I, I want to say that what she was talking about exactly has happened to me as far as people putting themselves in your way to be your friends. Mm-hmm. Yes. If 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 somebody appears in your life suddenly or is sitting next to you in a doctor's office or starts talking to you in line at the grocery store and you just it's uncanny the the the, the uh similarities that you have or what what a coincidence. If you're a target there really are no coincidences anymore. Well, uh, I, I, I think to, that there still are coincidences. I hear people say that, but I do believe that there are. Well, and I'm sure there probably are some because life just throws them out there. But those people that just all of a sudden appear and they just have these, you know, you, you just click with them right off the bat, be careful of that. Be very well, okay. careful of that. Okay, okay, let me um, let's pause there for a minute because I think what she was saying is what I have experienced myself not necessarily a total stranger just appearing out of nowhere. Well, um, and that happens. Uh, and, and that does happen. That does happen. I'm not saying it doesn't happen because that does happen. But, you know, we can ignore that because we know that's just too good to be true. Okay, but I think more of what she was saying in her particular situation, and that was targeted in harass that you're referring to, Yes, it was a doctor. She had gone to the doctor's office. And, and, and I had was, the same and, experience happen. And, and it was a doctor that made her feel comfortable. Yes. And she, I, I've had that happen as well, and I actually gave into it, you know, only to later realize it was yet another targeting experience. Uh, but in that moment, I felt comfortable enough to talk to that person, and mine wasn't a doctor. Um, but she's saying, you know, like a medical practitioner type of person. Well, and you I know, had that happen. My, mm-hmm. my son uh, talked me into going, when all this just really hit the fan bad, uh, talked me into going to um, a therapist, which he paid for. It wasn't under any insurance or anything. And apparently my 
perpetrators didn't really know what I was up to for a while because there were no phone calls made off of my phone pertaining to this. Um, And so I went to, but now they may have, I don't know, because the lady that I went to see was actually very nice, very soft-spoken, and was from California. And I'm originally from Tennessee. My boyfriend had been from California. uh, And and the southern way of life is different if you come from California. It's hard to integrate here because people are mean here. Mm-hmm. You you get the you get the southern hospitality, but let me tell you, when you cross a line, it's all covert. But you're not you're not accepted. They may think you let, let you think you are, but you're not. So I, I identified with her because she could identify with me being an outsider, and and I was having issues here. So I explained to her some of the bullying issues that I've had, and and we went on for about three visits, and and I told her some things, um, and. I mean, within three visits, they pull her out and put another lady in from Vanderbilt. Uh, and, and she, instead of listening to me, starts telling me all these experiences that I've had. No, it did not happen that way. And so I, too, I'm actually going to call them this week and get my medical records because I want to know what what is written down. But as far as just people putting themselves in your path. I've had people that I ended up making friends with and being friends with for several years that have ended up being part of this. And it was like they, you know, they they wanted you to trust them so that you would tell them things. And then once they have that information, it all changes. And Mm -hmm. for me, my targeting specifically started in 2007 whenever somebody made a post about me on the Internet and signed my name to it, a very nasty one, I might add. And um, I found out what I had to subpoena Yahoo, and it came from work, but it wasn't, they couldn't do anything about it because it wasn't on work time, but they admitted that it was an employee. Um, so it started there, and, and, you know, that was very upsetting to me. I had to subpoena Yahoo and found out what town it came from. wasn't really anything I could do about it. Years later, things were along, not really going right. You know, you have those little things, you know. Life just didn't right. You're trying, but it just didn't right. There's always a setback. But then whenever this just really hit, it all made sense. I had had a relationship from 95 to 2000 with an African-American man. And I'm obviously Caucasian. The little town that I'm from, um, and, and I had been told this, you know, that they didn't take kindly to that, and, and, and this angers me. This angers me greatly. They didn't take kindly to that, and, you know, I was kind of the outcast. Well, I didn't really care anyway because thank God dropped me in the wrong place to begin with, but obviously I'm here for a reason. So as of today, it has really hit home to me actually this morning that me being told that this was part of the reason why I was a target has really made sense to me today. Um, I'm a target because I had a relationship with a man of another race. And for me, that makes me want to fight racism even more. You know, I I live in a very small town. All of the towns around here are small. And it's hateful and it's mean. I don't understand it because the gentleman that I had the relationship with is probably one of the best people you will ever meet in your life. 
he raised two kids by himself, worked a full-time job, did not get any child support whatsoever, and has made those kids into wonderful adults. Did he did he become involved in your um, harassment in your targeting? The the gentleman that I the, had the, the affair the person with that, the person that you dated. No, no, no. The black man, no. He is not part of this. Oh, okay, good. Are you but, still dating him? No, I mean we we remained friends and we went for years without speaking. But when this started, I called him because we had some people in common that we knew that were, I thought, part of the problem. And I called him to see if anything had been said about me or, you know, some things had occurred that maybe I wasn't aware of. That's when we started talking, and we hadn't talked for probably seven or eight years. So ironically, the one thing that they were after me for caused the very thing that they didn't want to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to him. And, you know, I, 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 just, I don't understand the hate that comes from these people. I grew up in the South, but my parents never taught me hate. They never taught me to hate anybody. And I remember growing up hearing different uh, words that were used and things that were said, but that stuff was never said in our house. And with our religious beliefs, we were taught that everybody's the same. We're all Mm -hmm. the same. And I have adhered to that through my whole life. Now, any race can have people that are ne'er-do-well, as they say here. You know, it doesn't matter what color your skin is. It matters what your attitude is and what your character is. And so I guess I didn't realize that other people here, I mean, I knew it was here, but I, did, I, I felt the full force of it. Right now, I'm driving in my car, and I can look over at some scratches that were made in my dash, okay? It's not straight out, the three letters, but it looks an awful lot like them. Hmm. Yeah, and I don't think it's them. I just think it's somebody that wants me to think it is. But, you know, it's just, I, I think for me... I, Maybe this is my purpose, you know, to to just educate people that you can't live a life of hate and expect to get anywhere when you die. Right. I mean, how can you how can you target somebody because they love someone and then go to church on Sunday and say a prayer and think you're going to heaven? I just I'm having a hard time coming to terms with all of that. Yes. But my friend has, over the years, has told me a lot of of things that have happened to him, and some of them pretty horrific, actually. Um, I I don't even know what more to say. I'm, you know, I want to start a group. I want to stand up really loud and scream and say, you know what, I don't see any... uh, people of color of any race working here. I don't see any people besides white people doing anything in this little county. So I think we should have more of that. I think it needs to be more integrated. But I still am somewhat afraid of the retaliation because not only have they come after me, but in, in very subtle forms they've started 
lately to go after other people in my life. Well, yeah, that that could be kind of dangerous when you start to, you know, bring up the race stuff. Yeah, and it's not, I well, mean, maybe I'm not. you can just, find a way, you know. I'm not, maybe you can I'm find not a trying way to make it. To, to make it worse, but I don't, my choice is my choice. I was told recently that because I lived where I lived, the the boys there didn't take kindly to one of their own doing this. And let me tell you, the, the anger that that puts in me just lights a fire like you wouldn't believe. And I made the comment back and said, you know what? And I pointed to my body. God didn't give this to them. God gave this to me. Thank you very much. And I will do with it what I please. (laughs) That's right. Okay, I'm going to put you on hold and go to the next person, if you don't mind. Okay. Thank you for sharing your story. I hope you find a way to... To use what you what you said you feel is your purpose, you know about the race thing. I hope you find a way to, you know, to make that all work for you. Okay, I'm gonna put you on hold. Thank you. Hello, Pennsylvania. Okay, I'll put you back on hold. California. Hello. Okay. Arizona. Hello. Here's everybody. Hello. Hi, Arizona. Hello. 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 Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Is this uh, Chris? Yes, it's Chris. Hi, how are you? <clears throat> doing good. Doing good. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. Did you hear the question of the day? Uh, you know what? I came in later. I I, I accidentally wasn't able to get in uh, on time, so I came a little bit later. What was the question? Okay, so let me go back to the scripture. Started off with the scripture, and the scripture is Romans 8 and 28, and it says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. And one of the things that I forgot to emphasize there is um, according to his purpose. So the question was, what do you think your life's calling is? What is your purpose? Why are you here? Um, and, I, again, I want to emphasize his purpose because it's not what we think we should be doing, but it's what we feel that God would have us to do here on earth. So that's the question. What do you think you're called to do? Um, and are you already walking in your purpose? Maybe you're already walking in your purpose. If you are, you can share that with us, too. Yeah, that's what I think. I think I think I am because I think uh, I've always been, you know, into the God thing and and you know believing and and I was always around 
people that that didn't or made fun of it or you know come on or whatever. You know, even though wow, you know, because I was I'm not perfect. No one's perfect. You know, I I did a lot of things that were in the world and stuff like that. <clears throat> but I've always believed. You know, I was one of those ones that knew I shouldn't be doing that, rather than had no conscience of of not doing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and um, I think that's what it is. You know, because now now that I'm going through this, you know, I I listen to you know to to good music. You know. You know, music that talks about God or you know stuff like that. I read my word, mm-hmm. and I was I was even in a situation around these people where you know I brought out scripture, read it out loud, and you know and you know asked God to remove them away from me. So it, you know, since then, I'm always getting you know little things from the perps here, and they're like, "Oh, Jesus Christ! Oh, where's Jesus at?" And you know, you know, I get. <laughs> I even get one like, oh, Chris, are you my savior? You know, stuff like that. Just You know, it's just you're getting persecuted because you have the spirit of God in you. That's what it is. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think I think the fact that we, you know, all of us that are going through this, you know, have some kind of, you know, a good heart, you know, some, something about us where the evil people, you know, evil spirits of this world can tell that we belong in a different part you know, set apart from them, you know, just the fact that we resonate different than other people, <clears throat> you think we are doing what we're supposed to be doing, you know? So, so that what way. is your purpose? So what specifically is your purpose? What, is I, purpose? what are you supposed I to think, do while you're here? Uh, you know what? I don't know. I, I, I prayed about that, and, you know, I'm still praying about that, but I think the fact that, I, you know, that that I'm there every day, you know, I'm I'm one of the blessed ones to be able to to still have a job. But even if I didn't, I still wouldn't, you know, give you know I wouldn't give up my faith because I didn't have a job or anything like that. But you know, I, I go where I go, and, and and I'm a constant reminder to those who, you know, sold out for whatever reason. Because I I've done a lot of research, man. I mean, so much research. You know, it, it, they talk about what we're going through in so many different ways. It's not even funny. So you know. So would you say that, that your purpose? Would you say that your purpose is to spread the word? I think so. To, I think it's to, to spread the word. I know that you. I know that the way you came about it to me, because we. I look at how everybody comes into my life, and I and I look at it how it's all like a chess piece, how how it was played perfectly the way it's supposed to be. How you came into my life? What one thing that differentiated your video from everyone else is how you calmed me down because at that time I was afraid to die. I don't know why. I was just having these feelings that I'm afraid to die. I'm afraid to die. And then you, there's something you said in your in your video, you know, you said you got to come to terms. You got to know, you know, if I, you know, yeah, once you get over that fear of dying and know, who, you know, your spirit goes to the almighty. And, and then that's when I started digging it, digging back into the scriptures. And then, and then, you know, something pulled me towards you. You know, that, that's what it says in a lot of these, uh, discussions or web, you know, YouTube videos, you know, you got to use your discernment when we're in this type of program. You can't just believe everything and everybody. You have to use your discernment, see if your spirit lines up with people. And, you know, so, you know, I feel like, you know, you have this talk to or whatever you call it, conference call, you know, that I look forward to this. You know what I mean? You're like the light at the end of my week where I can talk to people I understand, you know, instead of people are like, you're crazy or, you know, and, and even um, 
you know, so I look at it like I'm a constant reminder to those who conformed or, or made an agreement to the evil one when they took him out to the desert and said, hey, you know, I'll give you this or I'll let you get out of this, but you got to do this for me or you got to do this. So the people that that are following us around everywhere, and you know, they ain't worried about the people that already made a, made a choice. They ain't worried about the ones that already sold their soul and already on the team. They're, you know, they're worried. They're They're after the ones that, are still shining in, in the world of darkness where they want to keep it dark. So, you know, I think the fact that we're good, we're shining in the world as dark, that's why they're always around us because they want to make it their world. They don't want, there is no room for God anymore. It's out of the classroom, it's out of everywhere, you know. And the constant, in God we trust on the dollar bill, just to slap God in his face saying, hey, look, we got everybody to sell out for this piece of paper. What's your name on it? You know what I mean? So just the the constant reminder of how we believe and how we're shining different than the people that already made their decisions for whatever it was, money, a girl, better job, be able to stick their chest out in the streets, you know? I mean, it depends on whatever, you know, conformed them or whatever they chose, you know? So we're just the fact that we're able to walk out there and they and, – and nobody – in that world or in that realm is happy. Whether they got paid or they're living a lavish life, they know what happens in the end. They all do. So the fact that we are are free from that, walking around, and as they see us, they know, like, hey, you know, that's why you get that hateful look, like I can't stand them, I wish they would just, because they know. There's no going back for them. And for us, you know, you know, we know where we go. So I look at it as, as kind of like the wheat and the tear story in the in the Bible where you, you let the wheat and the tear grow together, and at the end, I, you know, I'll bundle up the wheat, take them to my barn, and, and, you know, throw the other ones into the fire. So that's the way I look at it. I mean, as far as what I could be doing as work to benefit, I don't know. I'm still praying for that, you know. I'm not really sure what... What, I, what what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. But I know that coming to this phone call is like, it talks to my spirit, like you need to be there on Sunday at 12. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> so, um, I, I, you know, I, I see like an evangelist kind of spirit in you. And a lot of times when we think of, of ministering the, um, the gospel, we think of being, you know, a pastor in a church and behind a pulpit, but that's not true. Even this is a ministry, you know, to, to talk to people every Sunday. Even that's a ministry. There are people who evangelize. They they talk to people in the streets. That's evangelizing. Any way you can do it, you know, it's a ministry. So maybe God has something for you in that realm. I don't know, but that's kind of what I see. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, man. I don't know either. <laughs> I just know that uh, I'm getting stuck pretty hard, and it's like, Crazy, but you know, I, I've learned to take my place, take a, you know, take myself to a place where I don't let the fear get to me because I think that's what it's all about. Actually, I know that's what it's all about. It's a fear-based, you know, program where they just want to lower your, I guess, if you're talking about vibrations or how, whatever, is to lower your spirit, lower your vibration to where you're just, you know, in a paranoid state, in a fearful state. But I noticed that the stronger that I'm able to rise above that, it gets worse, man. It gets 
Yeah. I, get it, I get it. I get it pretty hard, man. You don't even know. I, mean, I don't know what everybody goes through, but I get it really, 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 really hard. I don't get it in the in the. Um, I don't. I haven't gotten it to where. Um, how do you say it? Where it's like physical. It's just the things they do. It's it's times ten. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, it, <clears throat> but um, that. And, so, you and you know, know what? The harder you get hit, that's 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 all the more they're trying to keep you from your purpose. Yeah. They're trying to keep they're, they're trying to keep all of us from our God given purpose. But we can't let that stop us. We have got to do what we're called to do. But it's also let me know that there's a lot of evil in this world. Man. I never really thought, you know, you, you never I never would have thought something like this existed. I know. And how so so many people would be involved in that, and and it just lets you know too who you are compared to there, because you know if they came to us, I know for myself, if someone were to come to me, offering me an incentive to torture somebody psychologically, I would be like, heck no, there's no way you can get me to do something like that to somebody. That, that's not even right. So the fact that people can do that. And say, yeah, you know, what am I going to get out of this? A car, or I'm going to get out of debt, or I'm going to, you know, I can get out of prison, or I can, whatever they offer them, who knows? You know, so that just shows you what kind of character and what kind of design God made you, opposed to the ones that are doing this to be able to be on that team in the in the world that's just, you know, that's here for a moment and then we're gone. So you know, we're we're the ones that are focusing on longevity. You know, after we're after we're gone, where we're going to be at. Versus, right. you know, how, yeah, I want to live, you know, plush and la- and lavish here, and I, you know, I can be a part of this and a part of that. And I was listening. One last thing too, I was listening to something about, you know, these cults that supposedly are behind it. You know, one thing one person said is that they believe in karma. That's why they use these people as puppets because they don't want to do it themselves. They're afraid of, of the karma coming back to them, so they strategically. Um, plot and go after people who are living wrong and then throw a wrench in their game to where they're like, hey, if you do this, and it's on them. It's not on them because it's their will. It's their free will, not theirs. So they, they present them with a choice, and if they take that choice, because they don't hold a gun to their head, they present them with a choice. And once they take that choice that we're all briefed, you know, according to the word, then, you know, they end up on that side, unfortunately. But, you know, I think that's where God says, I think that's where Jesus was like, you know, God forgive them for they don't know what they do. The whole thing is because, you know, they were set up. or They really they don't know what they're doing, though. They don't. They don't. They're they really don't. their soul. It's not, it's not worth it. Yeah, because I had some cry. Like, you know, because I don't know if you said it or somebody. Some, some actually do feel bad. And they come out and say, man, I feel bad for you. I had like three or four people just cry and say, you know, one even told me straight up, you know, you don't feel like someone's following you. And I was like, what? You know, this is before I knew I was in this program. I was like, what is this all about? You know? So there's people that do have to, you know, feel bad about what they're doing. So, you know, you just got to pray. I think that's why, you know, if you read Second Timothy chapter 3 at the end, it says, you know, say a whole bunch of prayers for yourself and for everyone else that are going through this stuff that you're going through. Because, you know, you know, we the more prayers you send out into the into that spiritual realm, then, you know, we, we can start fighting against this, too. And just stay strong, eat well. I, if You know, people that can afford to eat well, I, I know it's very hard. I have a lot of kids, so it's hard for me. 
But I know I was reading this book, you know, to stay as far as your health, if you eat well, you exercise, you know, try to stay away from as much junk food as you can. So that way you can you can uh, keep your immune system strong and be able to keep yourself at a positive state rather than letting some of those chemicals that are in the food hold you down and and, and amplify your your stress and, and your depression. So, you know, exercise, man, that really, really, really helps. As soon as you start feeling anxiety, man, go out and, you know, do some whatever kind of exercises you can do to, to you know, get that, uh, uh, what do you call it, a do- dopamine or something like that, whatever they call it, to, to amplify your higher state and better positivity in your mind and stuff like that. But I, I just want to say I'm thankful for you and, and you know, having this little you know, calling thing that you have on Sunday because this helps me out a lot. This is where I get to recharge myself right here and be able to talk to people that, and listen to people because I've learned a lot from a lot of these people I talk. So this is yeah, very thank helpful. Thank you so man. much, Chris. Thank yep. you. And then I'm so glad that you do come every week. I'm, I'm very grateful. And I hope that you find your purpose and that you walk in your purpose or continue to walk in your purpose because, as you said, you already have identified your purpose. So I, I, I pray God's blessing over you and your family. Thank you. And continue you. to stay strong. I'll put you on hold, and then I'll unmute everyone pretty soon. Sure. Okay, thank you. All right, so the question today, if you guys haven't heard it, is what do you believe your your God-given purpose is, not the plans that you have for your life, because I can tell you the plans that I have for my life, this is so far, <laughs> so far from it. As Lady Beetle was saying earlier, this targeting was nowhere in in the plan, okay? But God has a master plan, and we have to be called according to his purpose. And to be called means you have a job to do. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. That's what the scriptures say. So we have to be willing to be a laborer. We have to be in God's army because we have got to bring the light to this dark world. And no matter how small you think your contribution is, your contribution is needed. I've told this story before, but it's coming to my mind again. There was uh, a guy in San Francisco. San Francisco, if you guys ever been to Times Square where there's all this stuff going on, but San Francisco, downtown San Francisco is much like that. You have your street artists, you have people selling things, people singing, people playing chess. It's just everything that's going on down there. There was this guy, he would sing this song, Smile, and the whole world smiles with you. And he'd do this little jig, and everyone who passed, he would find someone who wasn't smiling, and he would get in front of them and do his little jig and say, Smile, and the whole world will smile with you. And the person would just light up. I watched it year after year after year because we'd always go downtown. And apparently that was his purpose. That seems very small and insignificant, but that man lit up a lot of people's faces. And here it is 40-something years later, and I still think about him, and I'm still talking about him. So obviously he had an impact on me and many other people. So that's what God had him doing. It might seem like a small thing, but I'm telling you, all these years later, I still think about that man. He put smiles on thousands of people's faces. So don't ever think that your purpose 
doesn't matter because it does. It really does. You don't know who you could be helping. Okay. I've told that story many times because that man's always on my mind for whatever reason. <laughs> okay. Let's see here. Where do we go? Let's go to Florida. Hello. Florida, are you there? Okay, I'll put you back on hold. Star 8 if you want to speak. No one is ever obligated to speak, but I do like to give um, everyone the opportunity. New York? Hello? New York? Quiet people today. Hello, Ohio. Why are you guys so quiet today? What did I say? <laughs> what did I say to scare y'all today? California? Uh-uh. Look, my throat is hurting. I don't want to do all the talking. Somebody going to talk. Okay. Alvira will talk. Hello, Alvira. I wanted to tell you that uh, Tyrone, he said he was charging his phone, uh-huh. and he's gonna he, he'll be on. So would you uh, look out for him? So when he come on, he can tell everybody what what's going down, what he's doing, and where. Okay. Please. Yeah, no Thank problem. you. Okay. No All right, there. Thank you. Okay, so what I will do then is I'll just unmute everybody and we can just talk. I do have um, Mr. Rose is there. Let him speak, please. Oh, please let Mr. Rose. Okay, wait, 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 wait. wait. Which state? Which state is he? Mr. Rose, he's he's got Ken Rose. He's the first one. Oh, did you say Ken? I didn't know you said Ken. Yes, Ken. I got a mask over my face. He's more frozen than he's spraying me. Okay, I see okay. him. I see him. Okay, thank you, Elvira. Thank you, too. I see him. Ooh. Hey, Ken, how are you? Ken? What are you say, Renata? Hey, how are you? Not too bad. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Elvira told me to expect that you would be calling. How'd she know I was going to be calling? I was just sitting there eating some potato chips and got the urge to call. I don't know. I thought she said Ken. I'm confused. Maybe she said somebody else. Maybe maybe she's reading my mind. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. or maybe, I don't know if she said Ken. I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry if I made a mistake, Elvira. Anyway, how's it going? What's on your mind? Oh, not too bad. We had a nice trip in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. I had seven seven TI women to show up down there. Well, seven totally. It was five women and two uh, two guys that showed up, both up in Arizona. What you guys go to Arizona for, Ken? I went down to for the the homeless vets that the police are letting them take the money from them and rob them of the cell phones because they want them out of there. So the police are not doing anything for them. So we went, we went down there to. 
stand-up set. They also went to McCain's office and and Pete Bourne him and told the sheriff if he come out there, if Sheriff Apio would have came out there, Pete wanted to put him under citizen's arrest. But uh, the police department wouldn't do it, and and they gave him all the documents where he's where he's guilty of treason. But neither the Phoenix police wouldn't do it, neither would Sheriff Joe Apio. So we went down to his office and bullhorned him too. So. Oh wow! And you had some but, PIs to show up. That's good. Oh, I thought it was great because they they left out the different attitudes that they came with. There's one named Shelly. She she came down from she's from Arizona. She carried a sign that target individual stands for the homeless vets. And we got in front of John McCain's office. The news caught her and had a picture of her on the on the news that night. So, it, you know what she got. How many people, how many thousands of people are going to see that and how many of them are Google up target individuals? You never know. It just goes to show you when you get out and do something, you got a chance of being seen. So she was very, she was happy she could be when she seen it, and I was very proud of her. Then there was, oh, Ch- then there was another T.I. Oh, man, I'm, Kelly. She was from Arizona. Mm-hmm. And she... And she she went to, with Pete and him, so one of the vets, he went out to the Veterans Hospital, and he had mm-hmm. a panic attack, and they told him, get out of here, we're not, we're not working on you if you can't, can't quit, uh, quit breathing like you're doing. So he left. So Pete said, we're going to go back there and file a complaint on him, you know, at the administration. Right. They went, so when they got there, there was about 10 policemen waiting on him. So they were hearing what we were live broadcasting, so they, they were over there. So Kelly and uh, Shelly went with him that night, and a, a girl named Gwen, I believe Gwen was with them. I don't. I, first time I'd ever met her, and actually the first time I'd met Kelly or Shelly, but I talked to Shelly before. And when they went in with Pete, the VA policeman come up and got in his face. Pete said, you go ahead and sit down, we'll call you if we need you. And he said, no, you're going to turn that camera off. He said, no, the camera ain't getting turned off. This can we're coming here to file a complaint and the camera ain't getting I guess one of the girls asked Deborah, Can he do that? She said, You just seen him do it, then you gotta stand up for your rights. Because the camera didn't get turned off and he videotaped all of it. She said, Well, uh-huh. well I have learned how to stand up for my rights and I'm tired of being run over, so that's the attitude we all need to get. Right. That is so true. But wow, I I was proud of her for another reason. In the camp there, they had an Oath Keepers guy sitting there, and he was sitting there next to a guy that was doing the... They had night patrols where they went out and looked for the homeless. If they didn't show up at night, you know, to sleep. Mm-hmm. So they'd go out and he's checking the neighborhood for, to keep them getting robbed and beat up. And some girl came in the camp, and I guess it was she, mainly she, she was challenged, but she wanted uh-huh. to help. You know, she wanted to help make bags together for the homeless, and... She had a real short mini skirt on, you know. She was trying to look sexy. Mm-hmm. And when she when she was bending over to get stuff out of the boxes, put in the bag, I guess Kelly looked over and saw this guy snapping pictures of her when she was bent over. And she told Debbie, and Debbie turned around and she said, Kelly went on and got right in his face, and he called her an elfin bitch. You know, you bring that sh- you bring that shit over here. He told her, and so. 
The next day, I told Dev, I said, I'm, if I'd been sitting there, I mean, that guy would have been fighting. Dev, yeah. So the next morning, we got ready to go. Dev said, Kenny, I went to Lewis last night about him. So if you if you wouldn't start nothing, I'd appreciate it. I said, no, you know, this is their camp. If you ask me not to start anything, I won't. But I would have called him out on it. But he wasn't there, so I think he got told uh, not to come back. Because he wasn't there Saturday, he wasn't there Sunday. So, that you know, he, he'd been there every day before that. So, but she went right over and got up in his face. Deb said, you tell her how proud I am of her. So. Wow. Ken, but, you sure get around. You do a lot of activism. Well, you know, they came in the camp there, all the women, and they were passing out leaflets. The only thing I don't like, they had FLCHS on them. But, you know, I guess the, I guess everybody's stuck with the devil running it right now, so until they do something about it. But that don't mean the information wasn't good that they had on it. I read one of them. They had pretty good information. But they, no, nobody bothered them. And, and I guarantee you while I was there, nobody was going to bother them. So they passed out the leaflets and everything. I was very proud of them. And I think they all left empowered. You know, everybody can do something. So that's one thing. That's one thing. Pop. One guy told me, he said, what do they do to you? And he's from Arizona. He's a very nice guy. He said, you're really not a T.I. then. I said, well, if I'm not a target individual, I'm your damn best friend you ever had. Because <laughs> I'm, fighting, I'm fighting to get this crap off of us. So. Yeah. Well, you work hard, too. So, Ken, the question of the day today was, what it, What do you feel your life's purpose is? Why are you here? What is your mission in life? What is your calling? Well, my calling now is to expose this crime that they're doing on, I think they're mm-hmm. doing it on all the citizens. Yeah. I really believe they're doing it on all the citizens. And y'all ought to stay tuned in to Pete because he's going to be hitting our issue's real hard now because something happened down there that involved him, and now he's seen how the how this technology works. So today he called me up and got on the line, and he got Jeff Murray. A lot of you may not know Jeff Murray, but Jeff gets hit real hard. And he interviewed Jeff Murray, so that interview's going to be coming out. And I thought it was an excellent interview because Jeff is a one hell of a researcher, and he knows how to bring stuff out. He gets some of the best information. He sends me a lot of it. So, so that his his testimony is going to be coming out on Pete's show too. Oh, okay. Well, I'll be looking out for those calls. Well, that that's it's a it's a great thing. I think more and more is getting exposed on them. Yeah, it is. It is. But well, thank also, you, Ken. Okay, thank you. I'll just I'll be, just mute me back. And I'll stay on here and listen. Okay, and in a moment I'm going to unmute everybody. Let me um, unmute Pennsylvania. Hello, Pennsylvania. At the pool, Honorable Sister Renata, Honorable Brother Ken Rhodes, and Honorable Queen Mother Sister Elvira, and all the family and friends. I am Angel Lady Love in Joe Del Philly, Lady True Oracle Rabibi Louise. I am in. Honorable Brother Ken was talking about the VA, homeless VAs. I want to talk about that a little bit. In addition to that, what I'm seeing as this organ harvesting, which correlates with the Planned Parenthood, 
And I'd like to read this scripture real quick, uh, John chapter 8, verse 12. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoso, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 8, verse 12. And the key here is that there's so much going on, and yes, their time is up, but moreover, we've got to stay vigilant. I was blessed to hear on a radio program, the Holy Spirit is directing our paths when we pray to hear information, and then we have the so-called connect the proverbial dots. The Honorable Brother Ken was talking about the homeless vets. Now, just the other day, I think it was in Pennsylvania, where there was a veteran, there were these homeless vets and some program for them, they had set up tents for them and had all kinds of uh, situations, and those who used to be homeless as vets are now volunteering and giving themselves as a an example of where they were, and now they are helping others. I do not know the name of the organization. I do not have Internet nor computer, but it most recently happened this weekend, so I would recommend someone with an Internet or computer to look it up because there are some viable organizations that are progressing in that area because more of us, I know I was made aware because all of my friends were in the Vietnam, drafted into the Vietnam War and the ones that weren't killed in, in the jungles of a civil war of Vietnam, and then the Viet Cong were brought here to the United States of America by our employees. Our others that survived it were given drugs by our very employees. So I can go into details with that. Now, in reference to this organ harvesting, I was blessed to hear this man, a Dr. Paul A. Byrne, I didn't plan to listen to the radio, but that's how the Holy Spirit will direct our paths. And that's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord. I'm not going to say it verbatim, but trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, acknowledge the Most High with all your ways. And I mean, acknowledge the Most High, and he will direct your path. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. But moreover, I've been paying attention that here we are in 2015, and every time I turn around, somebody's getting hit by a car. Now, just the other day when they had the event with Jay-Z and his wife, and it lasted for three days, I think, the very last day, a couple, both of them were the same age, and they were crossing a small street, which they said was in Philadelphia at uh, Broad and Arch. And it's a very small street, and they said that they were killed. So I'm thinking, how come we're in 2015, we have all these modern vehicles, and I've never heard of so many accidents that the people get killed just by being hit by a car. So as I, one of my first jobs when I was working in 16 years old in, in high school, I was working in a hospital. So I've got to know about that and how much the changes have been made, and I've worked for top high-level doctors. And I know why I had to learn that, so I'd know firsthand. And the more I'm thinking about it, especially when I brought out about lead poisoning, and then it was directed that these police, the armed services, the people who use guns 
and or go to target practice, they don't realize that they're getting lead poisoning. It will not show in their blood system. And you can look that up, mayoclinic.org, uh, blood poisoning for adults and children. And when I spoke to this woman, I think I mentioned it to you all in Harrisburg. She, uh, she was saying, when I mentioned, does she know anything about lead poisoning? She says, of course I do. My children have to be tested once a, a year. For I said, oh, no, miss, are you telling me your husband's a police officer? She said, yes, he is. So that gave me confirmation that the medical industry knows that the people that wear the lead bullets on their body, as the Honorable Dr. Richard Califax the Gregory brought to my attention on a teleconference last year, and I ran with it looking it up. The fact remains that they're not told that they're suffering and it passes on to their posterity or their children. And so many children are being born with weird and strange and different things, but it's because their parents either shoot guns, play with guns, clean guns in their home. It no, won't be leadless bullets until 2018. So I'm correlating that with the fact that this Planned Parenthood, they've let out the bag that they take these body parts from the aborted children and sell them. And the fact remains there are doctors that have done it because of the fact that they they see there was a need and women stress them out. They've got to have this abortion. And so they've get gotten into a maybe hypnotized state and they have their proper credentials to do that but they've been made like they're the terrorists or something when they thought they were providing a service, and many of them have been hypnotized by that very same Planned Parenthood since we now know, because see, all things hidden is being revealed. Many of these doctors are being put in jail, though, and I don't think it's righteous because the other variable is that these body parts are being used and there are beings, as they had pointed out a few years ago, it was just a mere tip of the proverbial iceberg, that there are beings that eat human body parts. And the list goes on. But back to now this organ harvesting, when I'm realizing that, wait, that person got hit by a car and now all of a sudden they're dead? Well, most of the persons that would only see that person on the street would be the first one up as they call them, first responders along with the police and firemen, would be an ambulance person. And then I started paying attention when there have been mysteriously ambulances catching on fire. I said either they had a lithium battery on there or maybe they had an oxygen tank. I don't know. But then I realized that they can say anything, and if they take it to certain hospitals, especially when there's been events where there's a series, more people than usual being killed and they have to take them, this group goes to this hospital, another to another hospital. These people in those emergency areas, and remember they're all practitioners and genetic engineer scientists, we have to believe them when they tell us somebody's dead. And as this Dr. Paul A. Byrne was bringing out attention, which I noticed with the Chinese when they were taking people in their own country off the street and taking their body parts out after they stopped buying them from their prisoners, they need these beings to be alive when they're taking these, what they call organ harvesting for transplants. And a lot of people that think they're getting a transplant didn't, okay? 
but they have to have a series of these because I noticed it was it about in 2011 or so. I remember where they had pointed out it was either 2011 or eight. I, I'm getting mixed up with the years because they're going so fast. That after a stabbing in our Love Park, where they said the person was stabbed with surgical precision and they just so happened was homeless, and I started paying attention to this. I noticed that there was an, a, a, an announcement that two hospitals were about to lose their credentials to do organ transplant because they weren't doing enough of them. I found that interesting, and I put that on the back of my burner, <laughs> you know, the recall. And so what am I saying? In order to be able to do organ transplants or harvesting, they have so many that they do and they ha- are required to do. And with I'm paying attention to all these accidents and people dying and six people killed, 13 people injured. And, of course, no one has the authority to say that they died except the, the um, doctors. And the fact remains that a person with a lot of money can order that they want a certain heart. They can even pick what kind of heart they want, and they're doing that. But what I'm saying also other people are being charged for the death. And the medical industry is laughing to the bank. And, That's true. And I'm seeing this more now, especially with especially when I'm seeing the numbers the same. On June 5th, 2013 in Philadelphia, they had, I call it, the Salvation Army implosion bombing. They're trying to charge the contractor, and a man who happened to be from Jamaica, he had a lot of charges on his uh, account from the police, plus they said he was smoking marijuana. But wait a minute. These same people are trying to tell us that marijuana is good for us. They're going to change the law so we can have marijuana. But yet marijuana is causing gynecomastia in the 70s. They used to say it made men lactate. And now they're saying it gives women breast cancer and men breast cancer because gynecomastia is breast cancer for men under mayoclinic.org, G-Y-N-E-C-O-M-A-S, T is in Tom, I-A. And the other variable, it makes men effeminate and makes the women uneffeminate. And I can give more details. So does soy. Both marijuana and soy are high in estrogen, the female hormone, and you can look it up. But back to where am I going with this? June 5, 2013, they're charging these two men for these six people killed, 13 people injured. Uh, the 14th injured person was found at the 13th hour. The 14th injured person just so happened they uh, cut off both arms and both legs, which later, earlier that year, I think it was, I can be corrected, a man's body was found in the water that had, was headless, armless, and legless in Philadelphia. Right after this, and prior to this June 5, 2013, there was a little girl named Sarah, and her parents were battling for the fact that their daughter needed adult lungs. Well, on that day, they had six to choose from which to choose. That's also the year, <laughs> I can give more details about the Pope. We won't go there yet. Okay, but the bottom okay, line, so can me, I, okay, can I tell you what this correlates with? Well, January 8th, I hope someone's writing these down and look it up. January 8th, 2011, 
in Arizona, Gabrielle Giffords, which has 666 in her name, she was a congresswoman, I think, of Arizona. There were six people killed, 13 people injured, which correlates with the Trayvon Martin of February, which was a leap year 2012. Trayvon Martin was hypnotized to go get an Arizona iced tea and some candy, I won't call the name, and then this George Zimmerman was hypnotized to think that he killed him, and he's still under that hypnotic trance, and maybe they may have lifted it by now, but both of them were hypnotized. Trayvon Martin was hypnotized to go out in the rain to an in, a gated community, and his body was missing for three days. Look up his mother. Okay, Sister BB. Well, then let me say you. this part. Let me just say this part. Okay. Uh, look up thelifeguardian.org. Dr. Paul A. Burns said that people have put thinking in good faith that they put on their driver's license that they want to be a body or an organ donor, and they're being targeted. Okay, Sister BB. that they can't okay, get it Sister off. Okay, Sister BB. Okay, see? Uh, okay. <laughs> Sister BB, would you like to answer the question about what you think your, uh, your um, calling is? Make it quick, please, because you've had a long time. Would you like to answer that question, the question of the day? Well, it's obvious who I am. I've given it in my dissertation. But I thank you for this time. And please, anyone that wants to know more, you can call me at 215-769-8233. The phone rings one to nine times if I don't answer or before that. But please let the music prompt and leave me your number, and I will call you back. And and the uh, Revelation 21, verse 1 and I think I told you about how NASA has said what I counted, five different Earth planets just like this one. And when you read Revelation 21, verse 1, okay, there's no so such thing as death. I'm trying to, I don't want to cut you off now. I've asked you to wrap it up like three or four times. Okay, so well, I'm, I'm wrapping to... it up, Sister Renata, and okay, I hope that something that I said will help people to think. And I hope what I said was non, not nonsensical. And the brother, when I came on, he was talking about separating the sheep from the tares. That's also Matthew 25. Start reading that. That's also talking about. But my highest commander says in that, what you do to the least of these, you're doing unto him. And these people that want population depopulation, they've got a, they're have got they in for a rude awakening. Thank you for listening. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you, Sister Bidney. All righty. Um, is Tyrone due here? If you are, press star 8. Elvira said you would be coming, but I'm not sure which um, state you're in. So I don't know who to unmute. So if Tyrone Dew is here, press star 8. Okay. Elvira, he's not here. All right. So the question for the day is, why are you here? What's your purpose? What is your higher calling? We have a higher calling. Not the things we do day to day, not necessarily what we went to school for, could be, maybe not. But we do have a purpose and a higher calling. And it's very, very, very important for us to identify that calling and not to just go through, pass through life without walking in that purpose, without at least trying to walk in that purpose. Because your purpose can and will affect someone. It will help someone. There's a reason you were given those those skills and those talents and, 
uh, that creativity and whatever it is you have to offer. There's a reason why you were gifted that. Those are gifts from God, and they are to be used to the greater good of mankind. At the end of all of this, we want to hear well done. And well done means that we tried. We tried to do everything in our power to make this world a better place. doesn't mean that that you have to 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 do it all. This means you have to do your small part. So I really want people to get to to start thinking about what your calling is. If you're already walking in your purpose and walking in your calling, that's beautiful. But if you have not started yet, put some thought into that and just put one foot in front of the other and just do it. Just do it. I've, I tried so many things, so many things that I thought I was interested in. Not too many of them stuck. But a few lately have been sticking, and I believe that those things are my calling. Now, because you're walking in, in, in something that you think is your calling now, it may change over time. The Lord may reassign you to do something else, but you need to start somewhere. It's very important. And also, it, it kind of takes you, your mind off of the targeting when you know that you're doing something to help someone else. It takes you, takes you out of self. So whatever that is, I just want people to, uh, you know, to start to walk in that. It's very important. I can't stress how important it is. Okay. Hello? Hello? New York, you're unmuted. Okay, I'm going to put you, well, actually, I'm just going to go ahead and unmute everyone. Okay, those of you who are unmuted, you can talk. Whatever is on your mind, I just ask that you speak at once and don't dominate the call or I will put you on mute. Anybody, anything? The guy who was hiring on us, Scott, the guy that was on earlier, the guy that was on earlier said some great stuff as far as about taking care of yourself uh, physically. Actually, the whole works. I know it's mm-hmm. good stuff. We all I think have that was Chris. Right. I believe that was Chris. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was right on the money. You know, other than that, um, I don't have much to say as far as, like, you know, I, you know, I've never really thought of my purpose in life ever. And I'm, like, 53, so that's, that's a great question. I just don't know. I like to think it was, like, to help my parents out as they get older and got dementia and other stuff, but I just, I don't know. That's such a simple question, but it's, like, where do you look for the answer if you don't know? Well, I gave some clues. Let me see. Let me go back over those clues that I gave to help people figure it out. First of all, everything you've ever been through in life comes into play with your purpose, I believe. So you can ask yourself, what are your passions? Um, what makes you happy? What makes you upset? Where do you feel that uh, you'd like to see change in the world or in your community? Uh, What are your gifts and talents? Because we all have some. What comes very natural to you? What are you good at? What have other people told you you're good at? Where do you think you can make a difference? All of those things can help you figure it out. And, of course, you pray and you ask the Lord 
and you just try to figure it out. Okay, that thanks. That makes perfect sense that you're qualifying it. Just like without making excuses at all, because I hate excuses, but um, some of the things I'd like to be doing in my life are constrained or, like, messed up a little because of these animals and their smear campaign. And, like, you know, as far as targeting me, let let, let them go all out. I, I'm at the point I don't care they're making idiots of themselves. I know most of what they're up to. But the smear campaign just, like, gets in the way of, like, a lot of stuff. I mean, I'd like to be, like, I want to, like, do volunteer work with animals and all that. Like, you know, just before I realized I was a T.I. I mean, right after my mom died, I began to realize it. But I just, I'm not trying to say, like, we can't go on with our lives. That goes without saying we can't, you know. It's just, like, a harder battle for certain things. But, I mean, like, as far as, like, who and what I am, some of that's, like, I said, like, before, like, uh, constrained, or that's a bad word. Limited is another bad word. It's screwed up a bit because, you know, there's certain things just are, like, we can't do. I don't like the word can't. I'm just saying realistically can't do it. I talk well, about you it for know myself. What? Okay, so um, there's more than one way to skin a cat. I'm sorry for the animal lovers, but that's just, you know, my way of saying that. Um, but another way to kind of identify your purpose is, like, nothing can stop you from it. I don't know how to explain that, but there's a drive there. And it's like there's nothing in this universe that can that will stop you from trying. You know what I'm saying? Not even this targeting. Not even the targeting. You may not be successful at it, but you're still going to try because of that drive and that passion behind whatever that purpose is. You know what I'm saying? That. It's Absolutely. like you feel it's like no force in the universe can stop you because you feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. Now, whether it's successful or not, because for me, hard has never meant impossible. I just, it just means it's that much harder. You know, I have to figure out other ways to try to do it. And it, But it doesn't mean that it's going to be successful, but it means I'm still going to try because I feel that I should be doing that. You know what I mean? I, I made the comment last week when I was talking about going to City Hall. I said, I question why I even go down there, because I do. But every week I, I find myself back down there because I feel that it's very important to stand up for what's right. I feel that. I, I really do. I know it's dangerous. I know they're going to harass me like no tomorrow. I know that I'm probably not going to get any kind of help or make any kind of leeway, but I feel that somebody has to stand up for what's right. I understand and respect that um, they make us, I'm reading into it perhaps a little bit, but they do make us place a lot of our own limits on ourselves, if not all our own limits. They're placing, that's part of the psyops. They literally like make us create our own virtual prison. Now, there's some realistic limitations, but most of the limitations, and I'm speaking for myself and maybe for the targets, are self-imposed. I, I really yeah. believe that's a combination of brainwashing and mind control. So, yeah, there's stuff I could do. I could go volunteer. I know they could always use people to help out with the you know, animals, SBCA, whatever other animal shelter. There's, I think there's two main ones in Buffalo. But, I mean, like, it, was just, it, just, it, just, it just pisses me off. And, you know, I'm not bitching about apartment language. I've been a target to tell you over 20 years, I know. But I'm just, yeah, yeah I'm going to go there and have to hear trigger words and stupid looks. It's gotten to yeah. the point, honest to God, where it doesn't get me crazy or angry, just a little angry now and frustrated. It's just gotten to the point where it's annoying beyond belief. And every now and then I get a big wave of disgust looking at these people. Real purpose, I'm positive, of course. No one, they've gotten away with it, they've gotten paid. But um, 
you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna really think on that a lot now because I, you know, I like to analyze and do a lot of self reflection. I've never ever thought of my purpose ever. Um, well, well, we should, we should, we should, and we should also Absolutely. understand. We should also understand that tar- this targeting is designed to keep us from that purpose. All right, it's I could agree more. It is. It's designed to keep us away from that purpose and to keep us away from everything else for that matter. But it should not okay. stop us. It should not stop us because somebody needs what you have to offer. Somebody needs what I have to offer, and somebody needs what everybody else has to offer. No matter how small, no matter how because, big, somebody needs it. Uh, you're right, because like so many of us are outspoken and, and like see past the BS, um, they want to keep us down for that reason, like not to get the truth out. I'm sure of it. And because I think part of this program, I said it myself. I think it's like a, a lot of it's like somebody's feeding off fear one way or another. They're making money off it, of course. I mean, depending on how many years we've been a target, some of us like have like had millions spent on us. I guarantee, easily millions if you think about it between the surveillance of the federal, state, local, county levels and the harassment and all this crap, paying people off left and right. But, um, yeah, and I mean, also... And you know what, on said, something else on the, on the, excuse me, Seth, but something else on the, on the um, living your purpose thing, it may have nothing to do with targeting whatsoever. Everybody's oh, no, I know. It could be different. It could be someone, someone that knows how to oh. cook very well. Maybe they cook something or something. Maybe they they feed the homeless. You know, it it could be anything. It could be anything. But we we need to do whatever it is. We need to do it. I'll I'll be honest. I have a pretty very open mind and like analytical, I guess. But you know, I get a bit obsessive compulsive and like yeah, most of the things I've been concentrating on like are about gang stalking. Not not everything, but a lot. Too much. But um. Yeah, also last week he asked, like, what would we do if this, we found out this would never stop, the gang stalking? I think I would just go on the way I'm doing right now. I just, I mean, I'm not trying to demand anyone's hopes. You can absolutely make a difference in your lives. You can have more power. I'm not trying to contradict all I was just saying about the purpose in life, but you can have much, much more power than you think. You got somebody coughing. Maybe it's Charles. But, no, okay, everybody doesn't Okay, the point is, the point is, like, um, I would, if, I, I personally don't believe that this is ever going to stop. I hope it does. But in order for gang stalking to stop, a lot of things have to, like, stop. And a lot of bad stuff, a lot of things have to be reformed. I mean, like, you know, for example, you have to stop creating fake terrorists, the fake boogeymen to keep people scared. But, um, like, before I forget, I just want to plug my show if it's okay. Um, I have a show on talk show, you guys. It's like uh, trying to hook up targets with other targets. So you have a buddy to call, you know, just somebody like to check in on you like once a week, once every two weeks, whatever, an agreed upon time. And uh, what it is is like just to see that you're doing okay because some of us go to mental hospitals against our will. By the way, if you do, you do have rights. There are patients' rights. you got to look it up by your state, I guess, but to a few certain stuff. But anyways, you want somebody to check in on you. You want somebody you could talk to for like uh, advice, being another target because you can meet the most compassionate apathetic, nicest person, and if they're not a TI, they won't be able to relate, relate to you like another target. You also, like, um, just to have a friend, and eventually I want, like, each person to have more than one buddy, because in our case, say, for example, you have to make a police report, and you don't have anyone else as a witness on the other end of the phone, call up your buddy, they're a witness, you're having a problem or dispute with the perp, whatever, if you can call someone up, whatever. Um, the whole point is, like, we have to take care of ourselves. And if you have, like, friends already, buddies, whatever, fine. I'm just trying to, like, help people that are, like, more isolated because many of us are very, very isolated. And 
So my contact info is um, my area code, uh, excuse me, home phone area code is 716-838-1198. That's 716-838-1198. Cell phone is 716, again, 491-5724. That's 716-491-5724. Email is SDS. S is Scott, D is David, S is Snitzer, my name. 185 at Verizon.net. Um, I have a talk show program. Just it's like general vision and moaning, part of my language, and like I'm about like trying to like promote this thing I'm doing. Like Keith K was originally doing it with his active TI survivor site. So, anyways, my show is uh, call number 138602. 138602. It's on Saturdays at seven, and I'll put that in the chat room real fast. But I just um, this is just a matter of like take care of each other because keep in mind remember you guys that I just in peace um, that you know, it's all of them against us and I'm not trying to sound paranoid I mean literally like you have depending on your targeting up to like over 100 perps in a given week and this, including like the people with the various federal agencies or whatever behind computer, mon- computer monitors like you know who knows NSA they're, obviously they're involved you have federal, state, local, county police agencies involved working with those civilian perps the point is they have unlimited budget, state-of-the-art technology. Um, they know all our private stuff, everything. We're constantly monitored. So they have every absolutely every advantage conceivable and more we don't even know about. So we have to take care of each other. And obviously, like, this is for everyone. Uh, whoever's babbling, please, like, can we just finish real fast? So anyways, um, I'm on mute. Yeah, hi. So anyway, if you want to give me a you know call, uh, if you just feel better leaving a message, that's fine too. I just need your like uh, email, of course, your phone number, the type of targeting you get, the state you're in. When I get enough people on the list, I'm gonna like uh, match targets up with other targets, and that's pretty much it. Um, so thanks for now. Hi. We put the. Uh, I can't see it anyway. Do you hear me or? Can anyone hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Hello. Can you hear me? Oh, yes. yes. Okay, somebody needs to mute your phone, please. It's too many conversations going on at once. Okay, Scott, you did, you gave us your information? Yeah, thanks, Renata. I just want to okay. put the uh, call number in the chat room, and thanks very much. But uh, I'm going to give a lot of thought to what you said and asked about, like, uh, my purpose in life because, you know, I, I should know by now. Yeah, we all have one. Real quick, I'll just finish with it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, hello. Hello. Hello, hi. Yeah, it's, it's me, it's Jerome. Like, that, was that Scott? Yeah, that was Scott. I told him sometimes he sounds different, huh? Yeah, I'm just saying, what the hell's going on with Scott? He just brought a whole bunch of dark clouds over the conversation, not meaning to be mean, but oh my God, man, you need to chill. Uh, I'm not. I'm not trying to disrespect you. It's just that we know our situation. We don't need to be pounded in the face with it. You know that kind of brings it down a little bit. We're yeah. We're dealing with a lot, and that's cool. But um, you know, it's uh, you sound like you're brooding, dude. I don't know what to tell you. You need to keep yourself up and just you know, it's just a situation. Find no, yeah, it. Like. <laughs> You're doing the gung fu, but you need to do the gung fu and the and the chi kung. You need to do the mental aspect of martial arts too, because I'm just, just being, 
Yeah, just being yeah. physical and throwing your you're throwing your feet uh, your feet around and then hitting your your bob uh, uh, dummy in the face is is just going to be like a short term solution. You need to meditate and you need to bring you know you need to bring a lot of positive energy. Do some qigong breathing or some tangent breathing. I, I don't know if you know what I mean. Some yoga deep belly breathing and just uh, increase your energy, increase your chi. Put on some solitude uh, CD. I don't know birds, uh, wind, streams. You got to do it, man, because you sound like you're uh, on a different pathway there, like you're stressed out. Well, Jerome, let me see real fast. I meditate a half hour every day. Um, for the last two days, I'm freaking pissed off, probably because I have a head cold and I feel too, like, worn out and to go to the gym. And I take an ice bath every day. Believe it or not, it's for health reasons, and, and like, I can't do that. In other words, I have a very, very strict set routine. It's a bit too rigid, I guess. But stuff I do every freaking day, and I can. And I, I haven't hit my. Uh, I, now I have one of those torso dummies. You know, these are boxing and martial arts. I practice now. I'm not like Jerome. I'm sure couldn't even approach it, but like some basic kickboxing stuff. So like, it's I have a head cold, and I rarely get sick because I'd be trying to take care of myself. So it's just frustrating. Baby, it's like your dad was the worst patient ever. My mom would say. So any any time I got sick and all, I'm just frustrated as hell. But I, I look, uh, consider the situation and the kind of person I used to be. Uh, I'm very optimistic otherwise. I mean, I'm embracing spiritual things and trying to raise my frequency and that I never thought I would. And Jerome, you make some great points as usual. But I just, uh, pardon me, you know, I do get a little frustrated now and, now, and then, now and then, pardon me. And I do know that most programs to bring us down mentally, to have us depressed and pissed off and disgusted and angry and all that, you know, what I read last night on my own thing about learned helplessness, they want that above all else. They're like, we can't make any difference. So when I was saying earlier, like, um, I don't feel like hopeless or anything like that. There's certain things that make it way too difficult to do, and I'm just disgusted. No, 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 because we, we, we were talking on your conference call yesterday, and, uh, you know, glad for it. Uh, uh, it, it helps, you know, it helps uh, our situation. But, um you keep on saying they got away with it. What did they get away with? I mean, this thing is this thing is uh, thing is uh, upright and going. We're still fighting the fight. You know, I call myself a reluctant warrior. I don't want to be called a targeted individual. It sounds too much like you're under a gun that you're going to get shot through the face. I'm a reluctant warrior. I didn't want this. I didn't want to be pulled into this, but I'm in it and I'm in it to win it. You know, that's just the way I am. So. Um, uh, but but you gotta you, you gotta stop giving these people energy and power. Oh my God, darn it! They love you. They must love you because okay, when I'm when I'm feeling sick and a little bit down, I don't let it I don't let it uh, knock me off alignment. I just do the best I can. I, I work out. What you can do, Scott, is get weights. Get uh, for, you know weights for your for your apartment for your place. That way, when you don't feel huppity huppity, you can just lift the weights at home. You can you can just do like a like a compact routine of what you usually do. Just get some, you know, Olympic weights and just and just do it that way, man. Because not even these damn human pieces of these power. Um, you keep on doing it, dude. Don't. No, I have weights. I haven't given up. Or, I Hi, uh, I've never done mentally. And I, if I feel like you've given them power, I understand your point of view on that. I'm not. A little, perhaps. I'm just bitching along. When I say they gotten away with it. I'm talking about crimes like terrorism, uh, whatever you call it, street terrorism, domestic terrorism, psychological harassment, invasion of privacy, um, conspiracy of all kinds, um, civilians, law enforcement like That part, the injustice part, they get away with it. They haven't gotten punished. The only kind of punishment is some kind of karma or hell 
if you if it's you believe. It's not instant gratification. Sometimes you got to you got to just sit there and slug it out. We're just slugging it out. And our job our job right now in this point of the conflict is to stay upright and punching and just keep on punching until this thing stops well, moving. Just knock I it have. out. You know I've that's what we have to do. We have to stay frosty. We have to keep our spirit good. We have to keep our outlook bright. Yeah, we're surrounded, but, you know, I know this is going to sound cheesy and funny, but so was Bruce Lee and Enter the Dragon, and he knocked everyone out. I love that movie. He was surrounded, and he just refused to stop hitting, and he's, you know, he just did his thing and, and overcome his situation. I mean, we can overcome with, uh, with the right fighting spirit and the right outlook. We need to stop giving these people power. We empower them by calling them all these, they allowed, or they stopped, or they won't allow, or we didn't, or this, this. No, just work around it. Just adapt and overcome to the situation that they throw in your face. You know, that's all we can do. I, I appreciate what you're saying. You make it sense. You always do. But I got it's true. I'm not patronizing you. I'm just saying in my case, I sound a little pissed off. And I, I get it that way. And frustrated. The point is, I'm not even in a ballpark of giving up. I would be doing the show I'm doing or on Renata's call or doing all the research I'm doing on this stuff, like how it affects, like, the, like when I was talking about the energy weapons. I wouldn't be researching the stuff. And I wouldn't like to be looking at these people a little bit. I'll say I look at them as my inferiors. I am their better. And it's not rationalizing. I don't have an ego trip. I never would have thought this ever, but you can't respect these people. You can't be nice. This is my approach. And believe it or not, I do have lots of times throughout the day. I'm happy. I'm positive. Believe me. I mean, on this call, I'm talking. It's like, it's like when I used to go to the shrink when I was a kid and I'd bitch and moan like, oh, let's see the shrink every few weeks. Um, that's because I just didn't know how to, like, release my emotions, like, properly. I don't know how to, like, uh, what I'm trying to say is, like, on this call, um, this is the only place in, like, the thing I do, whatever, when I talk to some of you guys like, privately, you know, one-on-one, that's the only time I'm talking to somebody that I can relate to so much. I can't tell this, like, what few family members, like, have been compromised. I can't tell this to a lot of people. And it's not like I'm ashamed of it. It's just the truth. But uh, the point is, no, I, I do find things that make me happy, but you, you give great advice. And, like, look, for example, I mentioned when I was called months ago, and I'll let someone else go on in a second, but I was going to say, I used to play the piano, um, and I haven't done that in a long time. And I'm singing. I just I gotta get back to that. I gotta. I do things that make me happy, but not enough. And like part of it is like I have given some power to these animals, and like um, I'm I'm gonna take back like what power as much as I can. And I'm not. I don't have all these. I don't have as many self-imposed limitations as it sounds like. It's just like like I said, the injustice that they've gotten away with stuff. And by gotten away with, all I mean is. The sh- pardon me, S.E. grins. I see on their stupid faces. I know it's meant to upset me, but it's because they're stupid, hateful, sadistic people. I know exactly what they're doing. And I'm fine. Look, I've accepted so many things as far as invasion of privacy and all that. I've moved on in my yeah. life. Well, yeah. I just yeah. me off seeing them get away with this stuff and getting paid to do it and not getting hey, any kind of punishment. Okay, hey, hang on one second, you guys. Uh, Tomo, are you there? Tomo, are you Yes. Yeah, thanks for unmuting me. Hi. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I'm glad you're unmuted. I'm sorry, you guys. She was trying to get in and she couldn't. No, that's someone else going to be too negative, but thank you, Jerome. Okay. Okay. Tomo, uh, welcome. Did you want to say anything, Tomo? Yes. Um, hi. Uh, my name is Tomo. I moved from upstate New York to Richmond, uh, California because of the passage of, of resolution. And um, I have been. Uh, have lived in Richmond for one month now, and what I noticed is um, is that um, the even though the legislature had a good intention to 
you know, um, safeguard the TIs uh, from remote electronic assaults. Um, it seems that the, it is still the police who are, who are unwilling to uh, enforce the resolution. So I'm hoping to um, maybe if we could more, uh, work together to uh, have this resolution enforced. And uh, one of the reasons that police are not willing to enforce it is because of their deep prejudice toward people with psychological disability. And the police seems to sort of like um, um, categorize, uh, well, if, it seems that uh, they are more and, and dismissive uh, when they uh, interact with the people who they think are psychologically disabled. And yeah, so I believe um, we have to do some, some police reform Either the TIs ourselves become part of the police force. We also have to request the city to remove the psychiatric examination if that's what that part of the entrance exam requirement and so forth. Um, and uh, possibly, so, but the, and also that there's a um, unit called the, in the police department called the uh, personnel and training unit. Uh, Possibly, if a TI could uh, join that unit and then have some influence over uh, which officer to be hired, fired, relegated, or promoted, stuff like that, um, is what I'm thinking. And also uh, establish a specialized unit um, uh, of, of officers who are um, trained to investigate our claims. So, come uh, on, come on, where are you working? Are you working on the police reform in Richmond or somewhere else? Yes. Uh, Richmond, because the, the protocol is in, already in place, or at least the, the legislature has already passed the resolution. Now what I notice is it's just the police who are not willing to enforce the resolution. Well, you know, at the beginning of this call, I read an article that someone put in the chat room last week, and I can't remember who, so thank you, whoever that was. But uh, it, it was an article that where Captain Mark Gagan was basically saying that he's doing what he's doing because he feels sorry for the TIs because they're mentally ill, pretty much, which is a whole different... Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Whole it's different the take on, on what I heard him say before, but it, that, that was interesting to me. You mean that, Mark Gagan stated that, that uh, he thinks that the TIs are just delusional? Mentally ill. Uh, yeah, the right. Mentally, yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, the problem is that um, they, um, it is the, the kind of like a prejudice the police have toward people with mental illness. And they're more, more likely to be more well, dismissive and reckless when they start to think that you are mentally ill. Um, that, that's the problem. Um, it seems that because uh, apparently you cannot be mentally ill and police officer at the same time. They they have some sort of psychiatric examination or so before you can become a police officer. So uh, it's it's sort of like a situation where like uh, you know in the past there was no woman in the police force and therefore police are really sexist and they don't really take complaints about domestic violence or something. It's a similar situation because they um, the police think that that people who we're considered to be mentally ill. Some of us are not, or some of us have some other mental illness, but not not the delusional disorder or panic schizophrenia. But the the police attitude, their attitude of sort of like just 
categorizing in a kind of really wholesale manner, you know, like uh, um, these people are mentally ill and we're not going to deal with it kind of attitude. That's the problem. Um, I think what they have there has to be some inclusion of people who have psychological disability. It doesn't have to be parents who are delusional disorder, which is not what we have, but uh, some other forms of um, psychological disability, like post-traumatic stress disorder or something like that should be included in the police force too. But also, I think what would be most effective is um, TIs become the police officers. TIs become a forensic psychologist. TIs become part of the personnel and training unit so that we have control over who, which officers should be working uh, in the police department and that the, we should set up um, specialized units of investigation. It could be called like organized um, torture investigation unit or something like that. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, so I was wondering if you guys are willing to, well, except maybe you might have, to, uh, not many people live in Richmond maybe, but would any of you live already in Richmond? Or, but I don't think you have to reside in the city to become a police officer here. Um, I, I don't think so. No, you don't, don't have think, to. Yeah, I don't think you have to live there. Right, and also I'm just thinking, um, I, well, I'm having a hard time reaching Amy. Amy doesn't seem to be happy that I'm doing this, and she seems to have a, a plan of working with the U.S. Marshal, and that's really great because that would cover the whole entire United States. But I just feel that uh, we should probably work on at the local level at the same time because I'm not sure how long it would take for the U.S. Marshals to actually be able to investigate our case. Um, it might be a quite a far-fetched plan, and it might work quickly, I don't know, but the reality is that the, the, the resolution has already passed. The legislature, the majority of legislature in Richmond are willing to safeguard the DS here. It's the police who are not willing to enforce that resolution. So we somehow have to ask the legislature to reform the police so that they are going to enforce it. But realistically speaking, I don't think they are they have best interest to deal with our issues. Well, we're considered as some, some people from Mars or something like that. I don't know. I mean, the way they treat us is um, so dismissive. And I think unless um, we become part of the police and unless we have direct control over them, over their personal matter. I mean, like, um, you know, hiring, firing process. I don't think we can attain too much. So I was wondering maybe um, if we could talk to Javanka Beckles or somebody, other person who is more uh, understanding about our issue and then possibly. Well, I can tell you, and, I mean, you can try, but to get to Javanka, you're pretty much going to have to probably go through Amy, I'm thinking. But uh, maybe not. I'm not positive on that. Yeah. But I know that she has a very close relationship with um, Javanka. Right. Yeah. Well, the, I don't really know. I I haven't been able to reach her. That she doesn't seem to be responsive to me. Uh, she might not really like my um my uh sort of uh, I guess my theory that it's probably that psychological disability discrimination that's keeping the police from enforcing. The resolution, but uh, she wants to believe that um, she means that any, uh, well, it's a difficult thing because what I noticed is that the many TIs are, you know, abused in the past as children or have some psychological disability, but not, not all, but it seems like more, more 
higher at a higher level than the uh, uh, those population of people who are not targeted. And I feel that this is a kind of form of psychological disability discrimination because it's easy to sort of like um, bundle all the psychological disabilities all together. And even though you don't have pattern of schizophrenia or delusional disorder, but might have something else, but then you'll be just equally con considered just uh, just like the type of schizophrenia or delusional disorder because because how that's how discrimination works is is a growth stereotype. I mean, growth stereotyping. May I interject so, something? Yeah. Well, I keep hearing you talk about the police. The police are our employees. In the Black's Law Dictionary, it tells you their first duty is to become a peace, P-E-A-C-E, -E, officer. I also heard you talk about the U.S. Marshals and how great that is. No, they're just as corrupt as the police, as corrupt as the FBI, as corrupt as the CIA, and I can give more details. Our employees have gone hag haywire, and especially those that carry so to bullets BB, she and guns. She didn't, wait, so to BB, she did not say that the um, marshals are great. That's not what she said. She said she that said, it will give a more said, international scope, ma'am. This is what she said. She said, oh. if I think I heard her, if I heard what I thought of her, I thought I heard her say that she believes that Amy is working with the U.S. Marshals, and she said if she is, that's great. That's okay. what I heard her say. Okay. Yes. Well, in Philadelphia, they have correlated and go after drug addicts, and they take over their homes, and the police, all of them have been in violation to their oath of office. I would recommend, I have an Angel Lady Love documents, the first page of the Declaration of Independence, that is a ratified law, and all of our employees across the board are violating it. They're supposed to get the consent of the governed. That's we the people. And they were right. out of order when they shut down the government in October 2013. They're threatening again. But we the people are the government. They pulled a coup, C-O-U-P, on us. I've asked you humbly to look up lead poisoning. Our police, there will not be leadless bullets until 2018, and then there won't be. Well, but yeah, I understand, ma'am. What I'm saying is that how the police become less sexist than before because women became police officers. How the police, they're still racist too, but yeah. the police racism has diminished than before. How oh, no, it's not diminished. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to give you, if you have a computer, I don't, but look up on Mayo, M-A-Y-O clinic, C-L-I-N-I-C dot yeah. org and look up lead poisoning. Uh, these people have bullets on their bodies. They have lead in them. And they shoot the bullets. No, they shoot the organ, baby. No, no, wait, hold on. I'm it causes not libido and mental instability. Okay, and I will yeah. just mute yeah. She, uh, yeah. she has a right to, to say what's on her mind. You constantly derail the conversation. Let her finish what she's saying. She, right she's again, repeating herself now. I, okay, I was just well, you correlating. you repeat yourself all the time? So be, be, oh, okay, I'm, so I'm grateful. Me. Okay, I'm just yeah. going to mute you. I'm not going to go through that drama with you. Not today. Yeah, okay, go ahead, Tom. You don't have to mute me, dear. Yeah, I, I will. Do, I do, yeah, I will. what I meant to say is that I understand. Yeah, I understand that police are so corrupt. They're corrupt because they, um, because they, we're not represented in the police population, in the police force. We mean the TIs. 
we have to be part of the police to end this corruption, end this discrimination that the police have, you know, practiced against us. Just like the, you know, when women have to be part of the police force to end the sexist violence that police kind of condoned in the past. You know, police officer would tell the battered woman that, what have you done to provoke this? When, when he got the report from a, a battered woman, for example. So my understanding is that somehow TI has to be actively part of the police force. And that seems to be... Well, that, that's a good thought. That would be really good. Yeah, that, that seems to be the most realistic way to reform the police. Look at how racism, how sexism in the police started to be more rectified. That's because women became part of the police officer. People of color became part of the police, you know, part of the police force. And that's how how the police discrimination ended that way. Well, it hasn't ended yet, but, you know, it got much less, right? Um, somehow we, the CI, have to be part of the police. And that seems to be most realistic way to enforce the kind of resolution that have already passed in Richmond. And you know what, we should, actually, that's a good thought, but TIs need to get in all industries, the medical, the psychiatric, the police force, and so on and so forth. That would be great. Excuse yeah, me, I'd like, um, like to say something after, uh, after she finished about what his what, what man said now, okay? Um, are, are you continue. done, Tomo? Let me see if she's done. Are you done, Tomo? Yeah, please. Um, no, please no, I'm, I'm done for now, so please let other people speak. Thanks. Okay, um, Charles, first of all, how are you doing? Oh, I'm all right. I'm all right. They're going to let me out. They said they're going to let me out tomorrow. Great. Okay, good. Everybody pray for Charles. He's in the hospital, but he's getting released tomorrow. Okay, that's good news. Glad to hear it. Uh, go right. ahead with your comment, Charles. Okay. Oh, doing why are you in the hospital? Huh? Why are you in the hospital? Oh well, that uh, um Friday, I was feeling really ill. I was really, really ill, and um, just eventually, I just winded up in the hospital. Oh. That was yeah, yeah. It was it was no accident or anything like that. I didn't come by ambulance. I came on my own and stuff. You know. Oh okay. But, I'll throw you in but, the prayer box on Saturday. Thanks. Okay, yeah, but I went to the emergency room and they decided to admit me over the weekend. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Um. Renata. Um. Jerome. Scott. Um. Everybody Hello. else. Yeah. Um, How you doing? I'm alright. Um. I'm much better than Friday. Uh, um. Um. Okay. She was saying about the um. Okay, um, about the thing about the um, police um, and everybody, I mean, you know, T.I.'s um, being, invo- um, being involved as far as actually being on the force and whatever and all that, right? Okay. To a point, she does have, and, and we'll, first of all, you gotta, you got to think that you got to reach understand uh, the concept that we all we all all in all in aspects of society already as it is okay and that's why we one of the um one of the things that we suffer from is workplace mobbing right so yes sir but, uh, <laughs> all right so i mean and 
the same thing will happen in, inside the um, police precinct, okay? And I'm pretty sure it does with some, some people that's already there. So, but... Um, well, Christopher Dorner, right? Christopher Dorner uh-huh. was at in L.A.? Yeah, the, the, yeah. The T.I., and he, he was a police officer, and other police officers mobbed him, to your point. They mobbed mm-hmm. him in the workplace, and he ended up doing, you know, the unthinkable, which was not right, but he ended up killing people, and they ultimately burned him up. But, yes, you're right. They did find his way into the police department. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and imagine uh, the numbers, the number of people on that's already there that we don't know about, that we don't hear of, okay? And so, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's already there, but still, I understand, I, I and I agree to to the point that, um, yes, we do have to get involved in aspects of all society, throughout society, and stuff like that, all right? But that is something that we don't um totally rely on because that that phase has already been done, like I pointed out, okay, there's uh TIs that's already there. Also, I wanted something that came to mind when she brought brought that um that train of thought up is that um okay, that was something years ago, decades ago, I remember, that was said about the black community. Okay? and injustice and brutality that we was um, getting through the hand, uh, hands of the police back in the 70s. I remember that, all right? And um, if we just get more black cops and all that, now we got black, more black cops. We got not only just black cops, we got captains, police chiefs, police commissioners, and <laughs> basically blacks are still getting their ass kicked. There's still injustice. There's still you. So I mean, I mean, yes, there there is some validity and um, getting that, but don't think that everything is just just going to be solved. Right, I understand. You're right, but I I know that there are police officers, people of color, but still become you know still racist or you know like women officers who are still sexist. Doesn't mean that you're you're the TI. Doesn't mean that you won't discriminate discriminate against other TIs, but or be you know uh, disrespectful. But but the same uh, you know disrespect the other TIs. But uh, so the the TIs who will become part of the police force uh, should be more conscious and have more you know awareness about equality, but um, and not becoming you know not be dismissive about other TIs complaints, but. Um, I think that process itself of inter- integrating the victims into the police force, I think that's that's important. Uh, still important. It uh, doesn't guarantee that uh, the problem will be 100% solved, but um, I think it's still that integration has to be done. And um, I'm just trying to get this done in Richmond. At least informality that we are supposed to be safe about it. Dear God. We're not. And um, so at least uh, in Richmond, I'm just wondering, um, have any of you in contact with any I didn't hear that last part. I didn't hear your last part, what you were saying. Oh, uh, has has any of you in contact with Amy? I understand because um, I'm trying to work uh, this issue with Amy, but she's not really um, responsive. What I understand is a lot of 
<laughs> a lot of people she ain't responsive to. Okay, I mean, haven't heard it since the first time I made the call on to Renata's own, Renata's own calls, Renata's show. I haven't heard anything. I think, isn't she in Chicago right now? Yeah, she came back from Chicago uh, by now, actually. Um, but um, I'm not sure what, uh, why she seems to, Amy seems to have some plans at least um, the, the current captain, Gagan, whatever, who, he is completely dismissive. Uh, uh, he, he does dismiss our claim as, as being, you know, mentally ill, whatever, more delusional. Um, so I think she's doing something about um, Mark Gagan no longer responsible for uh, for taking Pia's claims possibly, but she doesn't, I don't really know what's going on, to be honest. Um, she, can anybody I, hear me? Yeah. We okay. can hear you. Amy, I, I've talked to Amy recently. She is really having some problems, emotional problems, places to live, um, lots of things like that, and she's just been very down and out. So, and as far as I know, I think she's in California. She's right. finding, you know, having housing problems, uh, money problems, lots of things like that. So I'm sure that's the reason why. Oh, I see. Well, um, I thought, okay, let me see. If I, yeah, well, she doesn't really contact me, so I don't know. Even if my, I might be able to help with something, but I can't. But um, I think she's really, even having problems getting a cell phone and, uh, you know, ways to talk to people. So that's probably oh, oh. why. Oh, would you mind? Uh, do, do you mind um, calling me afterwards at my number? Uh, I have the still the New York Health number. But, um, if I can, it may not be tonight because I'm at work. But sure, give me your number. Okay, six zero seven two seven nine six nine seven four. And any of you on the conference calls, uh, please feel free to call me. Um, uh, it'd be great if you could work with me on this. Uh, um, enforcement issue of the uh, Richmond Resolution. Um, what was your name and can I repeat that number? Okay, my name is Tomo, T-O-M-O, and uh, Shibata is my last name. It's a little more difficult. And the number is... Shivago, okay. 607-279-6974? Right, 607. That's right, six, Eric was 607. Mm-hmm. 607-279-6974. Right, that's right, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm still being, you know, bombarded with radiation in um, in Richmond, and I'm really frustrated with the fact that uh, police are the ones who are not enforcing this. So, so Tomo, so, Tom, let me ask you a few questions. Where did you move from? Upstate New York. Okay, uh, so you moved here, so you were being, let me just have you, ask you a couple questions for the benefit of those who have thought about or considering moving to Richmond, California. Okay, so you moved from New York how long ago? Uh, just one month ago now. Okay, did you leave everything behind? Did you leave family behind? Did you leave work? Did you leave? What is well, um, personally, I got, I got blacklisted by the uh, by a university. I had a job for a while. Um, yeah. Okay, somebody, somebody's phone. Put yourself on mute, please, if that's your phone. I'll just have to mute everyone. Um, okay, so your targeting has not stopped, is what you're saying. 
Uh, well, I have to say, there's no police stalking uh, in Richmond. Uh, oh, I go- now, I'm surprised at that, because the police oh. harassment around here is terrible. But that's, yeah, that's really fine. good. That's good. Uh-huh. Yeah, the idiot, I, I absolutely know police stalking by the city police. But I have to say, when I go right outside of the city border, then sheriffs show up. Okay. So, you know. So they're, so, so, so they're trying to keep you in Richmond. Um, well, or just that the, the sheriff have, have jurisdiction if I go outside of the Richmond police jurisdiction. That's what I'm saying. So they're trying to keep you inside of Richmond. Well, I, I, I'm not sure if that's their intention, but they're, they're certainly um, still practice. The sheriff does still practice. They do practice the, um, yeah, the discriminatory policy against people whom they think are psychologically disabled and not willing to take medication. That's how they think. Because wow. yeah, they think I'm delusional and, and I'm uh, not. Can yes. I ask her a question? Yeah, no, I yes. wanted to ask her a question. She said she still believes that she's um, being subjected to radiation. And of course, we know radiation has a large variety of types and right. intensities and activities associated, you know, so as far as electrical mag- or magnetic, et cetera. My question to you is, a, do you know what type of radiation you're being hit with? And B, what are your symptoms such that you uh, uh, makes you say that or believe that? What symptoms are you having? Oh, um, it's, um, I mean, there are various kind of radi- radiation. I mean, uh, so... No, I know, but you, you said... I'm annoyed because they're, I feel like even though I moved to Richmond, I still feel like they're radiating me. When you say that, I'm just curious. This is, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not attacking you because I actually believe you, and I, I've, I've been subjected to various types of radiation, and I know the difference when I actually worked in military labs and had, probably have more knowledge than I want often to admit that I have about it. But uh, uh, I'm curious when you say that, What's happening to you? How do you know that it's being done? And what are your symptoms at the time that it's happening? And in the days to follow, especially in the one to three day period, the 24 to 72 hour period after being subjected, I'm curious what those symptoms are. Uh, that's really detailed, and it will probably take a lot of time. Could I ask what would be the Okay, benefit? so just summarize. Do you, do you just summarize. Do you get sleep deprived? Do you get burned? Do you get pain? Do you, get, you know, you don't have to give every little detail. She's just curious. What What are your symptoms? Well, yeah, the burn, the, uh, well, yeah, being, being touched, uh, various kinds, like uh, clothing, like uh, not being able to think clearly, or when when they yeah something of that kind yeah. Mm-hmm. When I'm being when, as far as burns, are you are you are you uh, manifesting red patches on your skin, or do you mean burning like inside your body, like your your organs your are uh, inflamed, <clears throat> like you have inflammation somehow somehow inside your body? When you say burning, burning sensations can show up a different way. Do you mean on the skin where it shows a visible red patch, or do you mean inside your body where you've got uh, patches of unexplained heat? Um, I would say both. 
Okay. Could I ask, are you like, uh, are you like, I don't know, are you in that field, like uh, electronic engineering or some biology or some kind? Um, I, I, I have a background in, in uh, the uh, equipment that's been, that's been weaponized to do this. Oh, wow. Vehicle. Have you worked in DOD or something? Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. May I ask uh, um, your first name? I, I'm just... Um, I, 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 I'm very cautious about talking about it because whenever I try to, you know, we're going full circle back to Renata's question to me about what is my purpose. Okay, I, you know... Tomo, give I, her your number. I, give her your number, Tomo. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, I don't. I, 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 as soon as I go down this path, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I like a lot of people. They ramp up the targeting over here, right? So, I, 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 I you know, I wanted to talk about the, um, uh, the whole, uh, what is your purpose thing, um, because it's irrelevant. I mean, uh, I, I, and. Actually, this, the reason I'm asking you these questions is because part of what I believe I'm, like Renata says, this stuff does kind of fold into what our, our purpose is. And, and I believe that. I actually resonate with what Renata was saying earlier. And I believe that's true in my life, too, that there, there's just been this accumulation of effects or things I had to learn or uh, a body of knowledge that I had to master at a certain level before I could be put to use, before I could fulfill my divine assignment, as it were, and actually start to um, uh, bring forward my learning. So uh, the reason I'm asking these questions is that I'm trying to formulate an appropriate way to talk to new TIs, because what I have recently had cross my path are people who are being targeted, in my estimate, as I, as I look at them, and I see what's going on with them. You know, they're, they're being job mobbed. They're having trouble in their apartment. Their animals are not. I mean, they're going through a lot of stuff that all of us have discussed or heard other people discussed or shared. And I'm like, wow, how do I begin? And, you know, I'm, I'm a college, you know, uh, graduate student in calculus, and I'm working with an, I'm tutoring a middle schooler who's not getting the fractions right or doesn't believe that there's a, a, a way to analyze this or solve this problem or to understand what's going on here. And I, don't, I feel really stuck, if anybody has ideas, how to uh, gently, compassionately, appropriately get this person to understand that she is targeted. I, I see it very clearly, and now I see her moving through the phase of being job mobbed. The stuff that's going on with her, I'm like, oh, my God, that happened to me, and here's what happened, you know, it, uh, working in retail or whatever. And I will say things to her. She's like, how do you know this? This is exactly what they're doing to me. And, 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 and I don't want to fall prey to the thing that I experienced when I kind of first stumbled upon the targeted uh, community to insert to support understanding and validation where people scream at one another, oh, that doesn't happen, you're not being burned in your skin, or your organs aren't being burned, so you're saying you're being radiated, I'm affirming that, I'm just curious how, not because I want to attack you, but because I find it hard for some of these more uh, esoteric topics for us to get credibility, and to talk to new uh, victims, okay, it's really difficult to, to find an appropriate way to get them to understand what's happening to them without them feeling 
checked out or hurting them further or exacerbating their circumstances because I felt that way. And Renata, Gary and I had a little scenario like that, right? And Gary's not on the call, so I don't want to say too much. But he and I had a very interesting conversation some weeks ago where, you know, targets are prone to um, to invalidating and disrespecting and talking down to someone else. Well, you know, it's all about gang stalking. You don't know anything. It's all about BTK. No, it's not. It's, it's electronic warfare. It's this, that, and the other thing. And people kind of discount one another's experiences, even though they're all in there. It's all in there. Add, subtract, multiply, divide, fractions, decimals, geometry, shapes, what have you. It's all in there. It's all under the umbrella of math. Patrice, to answer your question, with Lady Beatles, sir, um, to answer your question, <clears throat> when it comes to trying to explain this program to anyone, whether you identify the person as being a targeted individual and they don't see it, or you're trying yeah. to explain it to a family member, or and they don't, uh, they, don't niece, they don't see it, they don't, they don't understand, they think no. crazy, yeah. you know, they think yeah, crazy, right. lose them. or right. uh, you're trying to uh, explain some of the tactics or something to a new TI, no matter how you're trying to explain it or you're trying to explain it to your doctor or whatever you're trying to do, I find the best approach for me is to know what my job is. My job is to put the information out there as sensible, as logical, as broken down as I can. And I think a, a big mistake that a lot of TIs make when trying to explain this program is that they start somewhere in the middle. You have to remember per, well, most personal, people, yeah. right? Most people don't really know anything about it. So I think right. to give uh, to give the most logical explanation you can, not a whole bunch of details to overwhelm the person. Give some credible websites, and that's it. You've done your job. Don't try to convince. Right. Don't try right. to prove. You can't convince someone don't yeah, that they're, they're a target because that, that will throw them. Because the other thing I realized is that when, when you, we, the, the early stages of being targeted, if we can all recall for ourselves, when you uh, are in those early stages, and this individual that I'm talking about that I feel she's be going through it, I think she's in the early stages, uh, anything you say and do, um, when people say things to you, you uh, – amplifies it. It actually, in in a small way, it's actually more harmful because as you start to, you go through that phase of obsessing on it, like, well, what is this? Who's doing this to me? And then everyone becomes suspect. And um, I, you know, uh, I so I have this problem twofold. Like, Gary and I, Gary's gone through the graduate school program, right? Like, he's gone through, he's he speaks in a very sophisticated, nuanced way about his targeting. And a lot of the things that he has talked about in the past on calls, he and I related to and connected to because I also had those sort of advanced types of targeting. Now, I'm having the same difficulty that I have talking to a new person as I do talking with a sort of, you know, junior level experienced target who has not gone to graduate school. Maybe they're in freshman year or junior year or whatever, and they've had some college during community college, but they don't. They haven't been doing PhD work. And if I try to explain, uh, the, like you've asked me in the past, Renata, to come on the call and talk about some of the things that I've talked to you about, like the most recently the audio spotlighting and things we were doing with audio to do to people, and how to make social responses. Or I've tried to advance 
uh, the ontological groupings and the processes and how they're able to profile now by towns. That that was also probably why I was curious. You know, this woman made the move from upstate New York to uh, Richmond ostensibly to get away from the radiation. But there's but what that's done is it's <laughs> is it's caused them to profile her migration pattern. Well, and, well, and can I say something? I don't yeah. want to lose my thought on this, um, Lady Beatles. So let me just say this real quick. Elvira, at the beginning of this call, she mentioned that Richmond has the highest, uh, what did you say, Elvira? Are you still there? The highest cancer rate because of all of right. those explosions Radiation. that they've had at those, um, uh, those mm-hmm. refineries over there. So that's another yeah, thing right. you guys want to think about that, you know, cancer right. is right. in the air over there. So, and, and I want to ask one more question. Uh, she, the lady said that Amy's having uh, housing problems. Yeah. Uh, what happened? Did the housing authority kick her out or something? I don't know who said that. Well, she, well, she was a lady earlier when Tomo first started talking. She was saying Amy was having uh, difficulties with housing and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But she lived in uh, her housing. Well, so, the housing authority. Why are you asking the question about the housing authority? Because that there's an entire scenario going on now with the housing authority and the refugees and the way, the way that housing is de- uh, demarcated in the. In, if you're familiar at all with it, there's an entire list of of uh, uh, categories now re- related to housing. Switch my battery and come back. But uh, okay. just, I just wondering, did they do that to yeah. her? Hello. Hello. I, I'd like to know about the um, the differences in people on list, please, about housing. It's Cynthia and uh, Sacramento. Um, well, are you do you ha- do you receive public housing? Um, I have a voucher, and I've been um, I, I'm uh, being forced to move right now, and um, right, I see a pattern exactly. with this. Yes. Okay. So you have a voucher. That's why I asked you. And when you filled out your paperwork on your voucher, was it issued from the state, or are you a veteran? Do you have a veteran's voucher? Are you a veteran? Um, I'm, I'm state. Um, hi, Renetta. Sorry to interrupt. It's just very important to me right now because right. I'm being encouraged to um, file against my owner and. Um, as a target, I didn't want to be forced into a stressful situation, so I left it alone. Right, right. because litigation, right, if you enter into litigation, that's all another animal. Um, no, I'm not asking to, to pry into your privacy. I was just, there's a distinction. But at the time that you filled out your state paperwork to get the one page that actually has the voucher number on it, right, and then you have to go and search for apartments and then, uh, you have to get permission for them to to um, inspect the potential um, vacancy, right? So notice to uh, intend to to occupy or whatever, or request to occupy. You you have to fill it out, and then they go and they inspect, right? But somewhere in that paperwork, so they should have given you a copy of all of it. But somewhere in that paperwork was a sheet on the back of them, and on the back there's a there's a detailed listing. Um, that asks you very specifically, you should have been asked all these questions. Are you a refugee? Are you a political asylee? Are you... Um, uh, mine, mine, mine didn't have anything like that. I'm sorry to speak on this, Renetta. Sorry to interrupt because it's very important to me right now. 
Um, does everybody know that your federal, with the renewal of the Housing Act, <clears throat> the power is in that your city does not want to lose federal um, help. So that's the edge that we have over them is that if you are having a hard time finding housing <clears throat> and they're going to try to force you into transitional, I was speaking right. with Elvira about this. Um, basically, the transitional housing is international housing. Side note, right. okay, quid pro quo here, and that puts us at risk for anybody being able to fly in and access your public housing unit. <clears throat> Where right. mine is, it's, um, sorry, I'm out of breath, I'm running around. Um, basically, I found out that there's a bus drop on that street in the middle of the night, anybody can come in there. So I suggest that you guys look at the transitional housing through oh, your county, very, through yes, your county, that they have international housing in yes. the same yes. housing yes. Uh, yes. A complex that they want to put yes. me in. Please look yes. at that, you guys. Yes, yes. And they distinguish the veterans have a separate whole thing with the veterans. Um, there's a, yes, you're correct. There's a very... Uh, a dangerous precedent going on right now, and it's very subtle and it's very nuanced. And and I'm going to do PhD math on you guys. Okay, PhD targeting. It's related to a series of ontological profiles that were developed at least 10 years ago, where whole groups or whole communities uh, profiles of swarms, uh, targeted individuals, were used. And there's a term we use in modeling called seeding, where you seed, um, not unlike in gardening, where you seed the bed, and then you've got uh, once the, once you get a, a grown crop of flowers or or, or um, vegetation, then it will go to seed and continue to regenerate itself, right? So if you have a bulb and it flowers, first you have to put that bulb, and then you can get the repeat the repeat uh, productivity out of that flower season after season. So you have to start with that seed or you have to start with that bulb. What was done, what was done, and if you understand Robert Duncan's work and some of the other people that have come forward about this and some of the mill people that have been unfortunately uh, disappeared over it, um, they used individual targets. That's why some of us can say, oh, well, now we understand we've been targeted for 5, 10, 20 years or more. Um, were the original bulbs, then what happens is in your relations, so whether it's at work or in your community or uh, family relations, like some of, some of us know that certain family members are also targeted, certain family members participate in the targeting, and certain family members aren't involved at all. They're totally blind, innocent to the whole thing from either perspective. And when you start to look at how and why that's happening, there are, there are what, what's called clusters. You go back to Renata's calls about a year ago, October 2014, I, I attempted to do an introductory talk on that back in the October time frame, looking at those calls, October, November. Um, I first broached the subject of the clustering and the ontological profiles and how they're able to actually group and swarm so that now, even if you move, Notwithstanding the fact that many of us report that if you move, the gang sucking starts up anyway. You start at the top and they start pacing you through the local uh, script. Whatever that is, you know, it starts all over again. Colors or, or gang sucking or things they know that can unseat you because now you've moved. 
and notwithstanding that, but now what, like, in other words, what, there's, a, there's a whole other sophisticated layer going on where when you move, those migration patterns are now being incorporated because they're, they're so far down uh, the versions of the models and they've had so much seeding and they've been, they've been able to generate so many ontological maps of the clusters and the profiles and the types and the demographics that I, I hesitate to use words like crowd control or community identity and things like that, but this all does fit. The Agenda 21 thing, when you get into a neighborhood where there seems to be a proliferation of one type of thing, like you're saying there's ulcerative radiation or these, there's these explosions or there's a high incidence of, can, uh, of cancer, or in another place there's a high incidence of drugs, drug running, drug overdose, drug deaths, or a high incidence of human trafficking or things like that, or there'll, there'll be these patterns that emerge. And uh, uh, it, it's a very sophisticated thing. You end up as part of your swarm. It's like in the school of fish. There's the whole school of fish, and then on the edges, I don't know if making that noise. You know, just to wait a minute, Renata, they're trying to shut down my communication with you guys, so I'll go into my GPS, okay? Um, you might want to put me on mute, but you know what happens with me, right? Okay, Cynthia. Okay, yeah, let me, let me mute you then. I'm going to try to mute. I'm trying that uh, echo. Okay. Right, so there's, uh, okay, so there's a body of knowledge called complexity or swarm modeling or understanding how like how bees behave in a swarm or like a school of fish, uh, stigmergic effects, for example, I'll tell you what that is, in a, but let's go back to like a school of fish, where the whole school of fish is in the body of water, but there are, and you notice that something will make the whole school turn on a dime, and they all turn. It's not like a signal where one part gets signaled and then they rest, da, 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 like dominoes. No, the entire school will flip immediately and start swimming in a different direction. And there are, there are edge detectors and signal detectors inside that school of fish, okay, that cause that. And they've been capitalizing on that, modeling that with humans, with us, with the targets, by having the initial targets behave that way. Then there are, as far as like predator-prey stuff, there are stigmergic effects that have been studied and developed and put into the models for harassment. Uh, excuse me, you talking about, excuse me, you talking about developing and um, um, manipulating the hive mentality? Yep, part of it is hive is one type of thing. Yes, okay, it's one type of mechanism that's studied and modeled and developed and exploited. Yes, hive uh -huh. is one, swarm is another, stigmergic is another one. Stigmergic would be the example of uh, you've got a pack of wolves, here comes a buck, uh, you've got maybe three or four wolves in the pack, and they will encircle or somehow in a group, they have a very, they don't communicate, they don't bark, they don't do anything, but somehow they have a submergent way of getting, uh, attacking or bringing down the book in a gang-stalking-like faction. There's a way that they do it that's submergent. And the, the, this, there, is, there is terminology for this. There is advanced study of this. This is written about in literature and has been heavily, heavily researched in the military. Because it's done to, it's used, to, and, and then certain technologies are used to actually put that in practice to get what's called an effect, effect-based operation. So the effect is to, to uh, get 
you know, a, a target to bolt, you know, in this case the buck, if you can get the, the deer to go on the run, or if you can get targets in a wartime zone uh, to reveal themselves because they're blending in with the crowd and we want to stun them in some kind of way to make them respond so that we can identify them, we can recognize them by their response. We're trying to get an effect. So they, this is called effects-based operations. You can look this up. There's enough open source material about it to corroborate what I'm saying. You would probably have to go into classified domains to get it, some of the details. But um, there is open source re research done in this. And it's usually done by multi-university research initiatives. They're called MURIs. And they're usually five to ten-year initiatives that are done by different parts, by different universities that collaborate around the country. And they each contribute one part, but they don't really have a um, handle on what the other part is doing. But there's a program sponsor somewhere in the DOD that coordinates all the pieces and pulls it in and, and develops uh, weaponry from it. So uh, it's a very sophisticated thing that's going on. And the reason why I was asking that woman, how does she know she's, she moved, she was trying to get away from radiation, she feels like she's still being radiated. I was trying to get a grasp on how she knew that. Like, in other words, what made her believe that? And what were the physical manifestations that were happening to her? And how long does it last? There's a one to three day period where things happen. I'm just trying to get a grip on that because it informs me and then I, I can help others by... Okay, um... Thank you. Thank you. I just want to see if um, there's a couple people who haven't had a chance to speak. So, um, yeah. um, Hart, are you there? I am. How are you doing? You've been ever so patient. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well for a young girl getting on in life. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. You know what? I um, I sent you a text. I went to see that movie, um, War Room. Oh, yes. Excellent, excellent. Wasn't it excellent? Made I, you want to go home and pray, right? Uh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I wanted to um, uh, say today that um, the best thing a target, the, the best thing a victim of COINTEL harassment can do for themselves is new this the surveillance that they're using, which will all be ushered into mastering the human do domain. That's we're the test bed for that. Right along with this lady was just saying that just spoke. Yes, yes. And so, the best thing that we can do for ourselves, the best thing I could do for myself, being a spiritual person and a reasonable common sense is to say, okay, Lord, lead me to the information that explains to me what this is. But keep my heart so I don't fall apart when I find out what's going on. So give me the ability to learn. And that's what I did. I just completely immersed myself into going layer by layer, understanding this from a governmental level, from a local uh, level. How are the police involved? How How is EMS involved, how are, you know, first responders involved, 
Who is running this? Who is behind this? Who's getting paid? How are they getting paid? How is it manned? Where's the manpower coming from? Where's the resources coming from? Where's the funding coming from? How is it so ongoing? How is it so widespread? How is it that it's in certain other countries more so uh, than it is other countries, but it, but it is global at this point? How, what is this? What is the end game? And once and 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 the main thing that a targeted individual or a victim of this um, newer, more sophisticated, militarized warfare against citizens in 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 their countries, one of the main things that they can do for themselves is to become more politically oriented, more governmental oriented, so that the, so that they can tie in the feasibility of what's happening to them with what's going on in the world because that tells you where your hope is, whether there if there is even an intent to stop it. And so I wanted to speak along um uh, Mr. Snitzer's um line. I I didn't see him I didn't feel him sounding hopeless or down at all. What I heard in him is that he understands the enormity of this. And so there are just probably days he doesn't feel like pretending uh, or feel like um, trying to drum up some kind of feel good or, uh, I'm doing, you know, I'm not going to let them beat me type of thing. It is what it is. And for me, the best thing that's happened is to understand how it's run, what's going on, and and so how do I just go about my day, accept a new norm to my not, my life, not fall apart over it? it? Because here's the deal. When I found out that these command, everything is tied in to post 9-11. It was all ongoing before then anyway. But when you understand that 9-11 was generated so that legislation could come in and 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 initiatives and things could come in that could affect every single layer of how we live, where we live, the complete terrain of the land, then it stands to reason that nobody is going to stop this. Everybody is looking the other way because the elites who ran this, who concocted this scheme, who's been working on this scheme who really believe they want to be God, and they really believe, you know, we've, we, the banks, have, you know, the the feds have generated all this fake money. Now we're getting ready to have a mass meltdown again economically, and people are going to be ticked off, and we've got to have some triggers in place to control everybody, and it's going to be really bad this time. When you think about you've got camps, that have been have been built, old armaments that have been built to house and control millions of people. I mean, I just look at people sticking their heads in the sand, and I'm like, what do you think that's there for? I mean, it, it sucks. It 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 hurts like the devil, but it is what it is. These people trying to walk into other places, and they've got camps over in the in in Europe there. All of that ties in. All of that ties in. This Jade Helm thing, all of it ties into uh, being ready 
to pull the trigger because there's more to it than what we'll ever know and want to know. But we are the test bed, any way you look at it. And what they love is to be able to have experimented to see the effectivity of it right under the public's nose. And that's what post-9-11 legislation did for them. That's what the Homeland Security and Patriot Act, all this stuff that Obama could have, if he, had, if he was truly in control, could have not signed in an executive order to reinforce, but he doesn't have the control because our government, the sooner we understand that America is done, it's gone, it's a rogue government now. It is no longer, you are, you are, and I'm not trying to be mean or, or too aggressive, but I need You're people to understand. You're doing a good under- job, you know, because, um, I, uh, yeah, I'm no, the one let that me was talking about. Let me, me finish. I'm, I'm the one that was talking about. Uh, hold, hold on, hold on, you know, Jerome. Let her just finish her thoughts. Let me just, just finish. Fine, let second. me just finish. I I just need for the world to understand, and most of the world is beginning to get there, only too late, that mm-hmm. there is a rogue element because of the evil that has been allowed to be ushered into the world because of corruption and mass, just mass corruption behind the scenes and the American working too hard trying to survive and not being able to forcibly intervene, like the lady was saying, getting on the police forces and doing all this. All of that is wonderful. It sounds great. But at this point, we're past that because the rogue element is so strong and deeply embedded into every layer that affects human because we are the resource. And the ones who who want to rule this whole entire world feel like we will become the resource above ground, fighting it out with each other while they stay away protected somewhere. And, And that's a reality. When you see... People in our alternative uh, media who try to wake people up and, and tell you without the fear-mongering, when I see them scared, when I see them changing their conversation for the good of all and getting away from this uh, left versus right, all of this other stuff, race versus people are saying the whole thing is coming back now. We as human beings have got to find a way to survive. When people start talking like that, that's because the rogue element is so deeply embedded. The human domain is at risk. So I'm just saying I see at the police level all of the staging that's going across the country, people missing, all of that is on purpose to getting people conditioned. If you notice in the movies, they'll show how they love to play this little game because they own the rogue elements, own the entertainment world. They'll put a movie out and show how somebody is going to die, and then that person dies like that. Well, it's almost like they're doing that with us now, conditioning us to a police state, conditioning us, showing us how you don't even see hardly regular policemen anymore in the bigger cities. They're all in riot gear with militarized equipment, conditioning us. This is your new world. This is the new world order. 
And and you don't bother going to the DOJ, filing your complaints and doing this and that and the other. They are, they are well aware, but they have no power to stop it. So when we see it from a perspective like that, it didn't depress me so much as it just gave me a new incentive to appreciate each day as a gift, and I'm going to milk each day as I can, put my destiny in the in my Father in Heaven's hands, and get through it the best I can, but understand that it is what it is, and not be have my head in the clouds like I see some of these people on these strings when people are trying to enlighten them and telling them the truth, and they come up with all this no. cockamamie talk. You're, so, you're, you're, you're irking me, lady. You're starting to irk me. Listen. Uh, there's a saying that goes, a pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity and an optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty, right? It's, um, we can know the information without, it, uh, without getting too, uh, you know, depressed and getting beaten down by it. That's what I'm saying. Information is power. But That's what I'm saying. To, you have to maintain mental discipline and stay upright and keep, and keep moving forward and keep a positive attitude. Did I not say that? that I, I, I get, listen to me. You, well, I feel I feel personally attacked by you because you're saying, "Oh, uh, heads, heads in the clouds." What does that mean? Yeah, you're damn right. You hung up. Okay. Um, we don't need to attack each other. Everybody has their own opinion. I I feel like it does seem like a hopeless situation, but I would not be a Christian if I believe that the dark would overcome the light. I just, I, I choose to believe that somehow, some way, God is going to intervene here. And yeah, it's evil, going to work out. Evil always fails. It's, it has to fail. If this lady is talking, maybe she should read history. We've been through this before. It's, it came under a different name, in a different location, different faces, same damn demon, same damn thing. We're fighting the same fight that other people have fought, and this is the way it's going to be. They're going to lose. Evil always loses. It it looks sad, but I definitely don't think that we should give up hope. I definitely don't think that we should stop trying to live our best life that we possibly can and and do all we can to get through day by day and keep the faith, you know, and never never lose hope. She should be a funeral director with that attitude. I mean, what what the hell was that about? I mean, if she... If no, she had of, some valid points. She did have some valid points. If, if that's her attitude, she's going to put everyone on Prozac and in deep depression and wants to jump off buildings and cut her, cut her throat and neck or, or whatever. You know, that kind of attitude only beats us down and keeps us bogged down. We need to have some positivity and some uh, proper leadership. I mean... She just came. She just came and just. I'm gonna say she 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 crapped on everything. Let me just keep it polite. She crapped on everything. She brought it down a little bit. Okay, we don't need that kind of energy. We know this. We know the technology because we've been listening to people that are that are more educated than us. They got degrees and this and that. We listen to the science. We know the science. We don't have to let it bring us down and depress us and, and you know and and, uh, and get us all blue and gloomy. What's the point of that? That just really well. She did have. She did attitude. have one point. She did have one very valid point, and that was what she was saying uh, that Scott is just true. Excuse me for using you as an example, Scott, but she she did use you. And she was saying that um, Scott is just pretty much keeping it real, and this is how he's feeling today, 
And I have to agree with that. We do have to acknowledge our feelings. We, I, I mean, I have to be honest. I don't feel the most optimistic every single day, but I have that measure of faith that I try to hold on to and try to stay in a positive place. But reality, sometimes things do get us down. It really does. And I think that that's what Scott was uh, verbalizing today. That's what he was, he was just acknowledging how he feels today. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully, I mean, we we all, if we're being honest, all of us get down sometimes, but as long as we are able to pick ourselves back up, and we have to do it kind of quickly in this game that that they're playing with us, you know, so, I mean, we, we do get down, that's just being honest. They beat on me every day, and I could be there, too. They beat on me, and they give me all ends of the spectrum here. I could be depressed and saying this and that. And, yeah, sometimes I feel congested, and, yeah, I don't let it stop me. You know, you can't do that. I mean, what is that? I mean, when, when Well, you no, get... it shouldn't stop you. It shouldn't stop you, but, I mean, you, you feel what you feel sometimes. We're one person up against all these people plus machines. You know, I mean, come on, we're human. We're going right. to feel that right. sometimes. Right, we're human beings. We have to work very hard as targets not to globalize that all the police are corrupted. No, some are limited in their knowledge, and some are corrupted. And there's a difference between limited and corrupted. Not every organization, you know, is out here, you know, adding to the downfall of America. There's actually a lot of good people doing a lot of really good work. And people who yeah, put themselves are. in the line to come out, you know, and people like Robert Duncan or whatever. One of the things he said, which resonated to me from my prior work, was like, all right, once you come to the understanding that you're in this, it's kind of what Jerome is saying, you, you have to adapt your your relationship with it. You have to come to the right relationship with it. I, I'm go. a veteran, and I, and I suffer PTSD, and I've been to several veterans' PTSD workshops, and this is something we talk a lot about, which is rebuilding resiliency. What does resiliency look like, and how does it manifest? My joy looks different than yours, but we need to validate one another's joy. My suffering looks different than yours, but we also need to validate the suffering. And at the end of the day, how do we then adapt so that we have right relationship with our PTSD? If we know it's not going to go away and it's some sort of permanent psychic injury, how do we adapt and get stronger from it, compensate for it, and guard against globalizing that everything is some sort of potential vulnerability for us when it doesn't have to be? Okay, so for example, Renata, I sent you that email, right, about National Liberty Alliance. And when I was first, you know, with them, they were only in New York, and and they've grown nationally. And when that whole I can't breathe thing happened last year, I got pretty pent up about that. And uh, there are people who are fighting it. And I know you say, oh, don't go to the DOJ. They, that's like asking your your prisoner to, um, you know, to, uh, you know, have mercy on you. I mean, if you, but if you go back, like you know, in Eric Lomax's book, The Railway Man. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. He he was looking for uh, healing following an apology because that's, that, that book describes his experiences when he was a prisoner of war on the River Kwai during World War II, right, and his subsequent attempts to cope with life following the war, right? So we're, we all feel like we're some sort of weird, you know, prisoners of war, you know, in these prisons without walls through the all this weird, you know, high-tech stuff. But, you know, in his case, you know, he, the, the story shows how despite his efforts to live a normal life, following his discharge, Lomax was consumed by hatred and vengeance until he received an apology from the Japanese interpreter whom he believed was responsible for his suffering, right? So I was going, wow, you know, that's what targets do. We want some sort of 
redemption from the individuals we believe are doing this to us, right? And at the time of their meeting, nearly 50 years after Lomax was released from prison, both men were in their 70s. And he did. Lomax was a Scotsman who had joined the British Army at the age of 20, and he was captured by the Japanese Army in Singapore and remained a prisoner of war for three years, right? And so in those camps, he was assigned to the construction of a railway near the River Kwai Bridge. And at one time, Lomax and other officers had secretly built a radio to keep abreast of some of the affairs in the world, right? So they were providing support to one another. And the radio was discovered. And as a punishment, Lomax and the others were severely beaten and tortured. And so Lomax was, he was subsequently caged like an animal in a cell, like five feet long, five feet high, two and one half feet wide. And he was beaten, tortured, and emotionally abused for days. He began to hate his captors with the focus on his hatred on the interpreter, a man who uh, announced in the beginning of the interrogation that Lomax would soon be killed. You, you know, he made it known, we're going to kill you. But Lomax survived the torture, however, and was then sent to prison. Following the war, Lomax returned to his home in Scotland to find out that his mother had died while he was in prison and his father had married. Then Lomax himself married, but soon learned that he was a different person and that his life had been dramatically changed by his torture and imprisonment. He shut down his emotions, he pulled back into a cold anger at the first sign of confrontation, and he developed traits of deviousness or prevarication or impassivity and things like that, which had been adaptive during his captivity, but not anymore. They don't serve the purpose anymore. And he experienced icy rages, silent hostility, withdrawals of affection and contact, and he was unable to be even, like, lovingly teased. Or, as Renata has said, you know, we have to have some laughter here sometimes. He had recurring nightmares of being back in prison, starving and suffocating. His uh, behavior puzzled and frightened others and those around him and undoubtedly contributed to his divorce in 1981, right? So... Throughout the years, Lomax frequently fantasized about the revenge he would exact on that, that Japanese interpreter who, or the Japanese group that had tortured him. He focused particularly on the interpreter because whom he wanted to cage and beat and drown. He then became aware that he wanted to know exactly what had happened to him during his captivity so that he could establish an indelible historical record of what happened. Right? And after his retirement in 1982, Lomax's need to know what happened intensified. This is something we targets constantly do. It was like we need to know what's going on, what's causing this, what's the funding, what's all the stuff that she was saying. He wanted to learn the sequence of the events that, that were leading up to the search for him and the other prisoners. You know, and in his book, he wrote that it was like trying to reconstruct a coherent story from evidence reduced to tattered rags, faded documents, bones, and rusty nails. Very powerful stuff. Perhaps he thought that learning these details might help him recover something of his past self before the imprisonment, right? Perhaps he could seek revenge, particularly toward the translator, who, who is the person that became his private obsession. He felt some kind of closure was necessary for his emotional survival. And he observed that it was impossible for others to help you to come to terms with the past if, for you, the past is a pile of wounded memories and angry humiliations and the future is nothing more than just the nursery of revenge. So, in 1989, Lomax read an article in the Japan Times about Nadashi Takashi, right? And that's the interpreter about whom he was so obsessed. 
right? Lomax immediately recognized the photograph of Takashi in the paper, and the article described Takashi talking about himself and his repentance and how he attempted to make up for the Japanese maltreatment of the prisoners. Takashi had set up a charitable foundation for survivors of the Asian laborers, and he had laid wreaths at the Allied Cemetery, and yet still Lomax wanted to damage him for ruining his life. And, you know, he says in, he says well, in the book, I will... Sorry, let me, let me just say this. It was his attitude that made him survive. If he was a pacifist and I just uh, take it in the teeth and just knock me out, I'll just lay here and die and bleed to death slowly, he would have died and be turned into fertilizer, dirt, and worm food. Okay, the reason why he had uh, such a... An, an, the reason why he survived his ordeal is because of his attitude of obsession of, uh, that drove him forward, I think. I think I like this guy, you know. If he had a different kind of an attitude, he wouldn't have made it at all. Well, you should read the book. Okay, Jerome, you might like it. Go get a copy of The Railway Man. He talks about this. The book is, the book is you know, it illustrates the story. Because this guy, he had years of feeling powerless, right? And uh, and, and he, he described the beat, you know. So then he, he, then he actually got the book that Takashi wrote. One of the guys, you know, the, the interpreter of the guys that were doing the torture. And that was a book that was translated into English, and it described the beatings that followed the confiscation of the radio of the prisoners they found the radio on. And in that book, Takashi described his own shame while watching Lomax being beaten. And he also described his feeling of being forgiven after praying at a cemetery for 7,000 Allied soldiers. And Takashi, who is now a Buddhist, also returned to Thailand over 60 times since 1963, where he built a temple at the bridge over the River Kwai. And as he read his own story told through the eyes of the interpreter, Lomax wondered whether Takashi's remorse was genuine. And so I have a hard time trying to even put myself in the shoes of the people who target me. I really have a hard time doing that. I, if they could write a book and tell me what they're experiencing by tormenting us and if they have any guilt or shame or remorse, I would like to know about it. <laughs> so, you know, but and Lomax thought about Takashi's feeling forgiven because Takashi wrote, he, you know, he prayed and he did the reason he's been redeeming his life. And he said, God may have forgiven him, but I had not. Mere human forgiveness is another matter. And so with her husband's permission, Lomax's wife actually wrote to Takashi in, in the early 1990s, and she suggested that the, the two of them meet since her husband had so many questions that he wanted answered. And he said, how can you feel forgiven, Mr. Nagasi, if this particular former prisoner of war has not yet forgiven you, meaning her husband? Right? I don't know who's doing the banging, but somebody's no, doing the banging. Not me. Don't, don't, uh, I have I don't a question. That. Yeah. Hello? Yes. Is this is this the engineer? Are you the engineer that was speaking earlier? <laughs> yeah, this is the engineer that was speaking earlier. Yes. <clears throat> okay. Um, yeah. I was lis- I was listening to your conversation earlier about uh, how you said math fits into all this. I didn't I didn't really I don't know if I I didn't really hear it right. But could you explain to me a little bit more about that? What do you mean by that? Or maybe in I interpret very, it wrong. In the very beginning of the conversation, the very beginning, the beginning of the talk, when, when we're not open to yeah, the show. You were, you were saying okay, something about she, math and how it correlates yeah, to yeah, what's yeah, going on. Yeah. Well, I apologize. If you if you came late, my huh. we're not a welcome to me to the call, and we were talking about mission, and I said, well, by training and temperament and everything like that, I have technical reason went into math and things like that, and I tutored. And I said I was trying to figure out what my divine mission was, 
And I uh, realized that our experiences as targets is a lot like developing a mastery of math. Oh, okay. And you, if you came late to the conversation, what I was trying to say is that some targets are just now excited by learning their times tables, and others yeah. are having conversations about graduate calculus. And so oh, the calculus yeah, is inaccessible. It's inaccessible to the, to the new student who's just learning their fractions. Calculus is just a weird language of symbols and stuff like, oh, my God, I'll never learn that. It just seems so foreign to a sixth grader to open a calculus book and show them all the symbols associated with calculus. You know, it uses its own symbology. Higher math is almost all symbolic, right? If you've ever been in a college math class, you look at the blackboard, it's just yeah. a lot of symbology. And unless you know that language and you understand what the symbols mean and how they're performing, it's, it's inaccessible to you, right, unless you've studied it. Well, let and me ask so you this. Would, let, me, yes. let me ask you this, because you, you have, I can totally tell you're really educated, and um, you obviously learn stuff that I've never even, you know, I can say right now, I've never heard of. From, from the level of your, of your education where you're at right now, the things that you learned and, and you've seen over the years of, of you getting that education and where you're at, what's your perspective how do you perceive how why why do you think that, that they throw in that they're, they're doing this to us what do you you know because i know you're an engineer i don't know if you can say certain uh, things okay, okay all right like what you're, do you think well, why do you think they're doing this to us yeah okay so you're asking a nuanced question okay and the the nuance is the pistachio in the shell okay the nut inside oh i've heard that lie. before it, Hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. I've heard I've heard one of my I've heard one of my perpetrators, I'm not even playing. I've heard one of my perpetrators say, until you become as smart as the shell, you're so you just the way what you just said right now is, it was said to me before. Okay, Something but I'm not a perpetrator. I really don't know if you're being a perpetrator. I can't handle no, that. No, no, I, I will, I will no. get off the call. If people are going to start hounding on me as being a perp, no, I, I can't. I, no, 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 no. No, I think that's not what he's saying. He's not saying that. No, I'm saying that. Okay. Okay. I'm saying that you. Yeah, but the reason why I said that is because you're asking a nuanced question. You're asking me, and it's a valid question, and I'll answer it to a point. Uh, why do I think, what is my perspective as to why they're doing it? Okay, I feel more knowledgeable about how they do it, okay? Okay. Uh, I feel partially knowledgeable about why they do it, only to the extent that I was in compartmentalized R&D for the military for a long time, and I saw things post-9-11 that blew my mind. And it caused okay. me to get out of the military, actually, and resign as a, a conscious objector, for which I have paid a very heavy price. So, oh. so, so I feel much more knowledgeable and in my comfort zone to explain and help people understand how they're doing it, therefore how they can develop an adaptive response, or like I had started this portion of my conversation with, how to get in right relationship with it. And I was using the parallel of the PTSD group because a lot of us, are suffering either psychic injury or moral injury or both, if not physical injuries, the guys have been had their bodies blown apart um, from this wartime footing that we've been uh, uh, drawn into um, that has so much wrong with it on so many levels that in order to get in order to get to develop right relationship with the injury 
And this is kind of why I was telling the story about Lomax and the River Kwai, Lomax and Nagashi, Tagashi, right? The, the guy who is not unlike a parallel that we experience as targets and our perpetrators, right? Uh, only it's a modern version of it. It's not the World War II that he's put in a cage and beat, you know, nearly beat to death. We're, we're, you know, we're the death by a thousand cuts. They do all these invisible things to us that have very visible results, right? So that's what I was talking about a little bit earlier. It was kind of advanced with the effects-based operations. You can go on the web and type that in. And there's articles out there, open source articles, academic articles on effects-based operations and how that works. So there is a mass ingredient. There is a modeling and simulation ingredient involved in that. There is that. Um, so I wasn't sure if your question meant, you know, the actual algorithms and things that are used to develop the... Yeah, because uh, I just find it. There is that. There is yeah, that. Well, there is definitely that. And it's well, very complicated stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, Professor, I'm an instructor of not engineering, but I'm a gung fu instructor. And a good instructor is able to explain things to a novice or beginner in concise, um, in a concise format, you know, that they can understand it. If I was trying to teach someone and I was using all these advanced movements and all this aerial stuff that they didn't understand that looked like algebra right. or, 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 or hieroglyphics or something, then I'd kind of lose my uh, my audience. I'd lose my students, right? right? So if right. you're an instructor, you should be able to explain to someone that doesn't have the knowledge that you have that they can understand it. That's a good instructor from what from my background. Hello, I, no, I appreciate that. that. Okay, I, I'm not you shine light on a particular subject, but if you shine too much light, you'll blind them. Right, exactly. And this is the difficulty. This is what I mean by it's inaccessible. In other words, I, I can't teach calculus to a sixth grader who's just now learning the fractions. That's why I'm aware of that. And it's hard for me because I, 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 uh, I'm a, I, I come from a high level Right, so I, I'm not claiming to be an instructor. I don't even know if that's my divine mission, but I do know that I'm presented with the opportunity repeatedly to share, and I have two uh, challenges with that. One is to refine my mission and make it accessible, continue to grow people into development so they can get to the higher order stuff. So the develop, start with the basics, get them to intermediate, get them to advanced, so that I, I understand that that's an important thing that maybe I can contribute. The second challenge I have with it is every time I do that, I get another dose of targeting myself, okay? No, no, so I, I, I feel a little, you know, yeah, I, it's, you know, I'm not exactly motivated when every time I do it, I either get, you know, uh, the, the thankless, you're a perk from the people I'm trying to uh, no, help inform, or I get I just targeted say that, from uh, my uh, real perks. <laughs> I just wanted to say that uh, I, I wasn't um, – I didn't. I wasn't like saying that you're a perp. I was just saying that I've heard that term before. That the nut right. and the shell is just kind of like really yeah. off. But and I, I, right. I find it. I find everything that you're saying interesting. Seriously, I, that's oh, why. Okay. I, and the reason why I brought up the math is because you know how they use certain things in movies, or at least I think they do. They put certain things in movies. It just kind of because they had a show called Numbers. Yes. You know, I don't know if you heard it. You know yeah. how they have certain algorithms on what certain yes. people, what they do. Yes. And I feel like that's what they use yes. opposed to they them do. saying, yes. opposed to them saying we can read your mind. That might just be an illusion to make you think they can read your mind, but it's certain things and attributes and, and everything that you do from a daily basis that they get that 
that makes it seem like they're reading your mind, but really they're just using that same theory of like how numbers. And then I watched, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, what Renata said she watched, which was... Uh, War Room? No, no, not no, War Room. War it was, uh, <laughs> not War Room. It was the other one uh, where they're watchers and, and you know, that guy... Oh, you know, the reprimand, uh, the, uh, the, the, that movie, the adjustment bureau. Adjustment yes, bureau. That's yes, it, right. yes, and, yes. and, and, and once again, you know, they said, Hey, you know, certain mathematical things that we do, we don't, we can't read your mind, but there's certain things that you do on a daily basis that, that's true. Cal- yes. that calculates, yes. you know, where you're going to be and what you're going to do. It's so I, that's why, right. that's why I ask you, do you think yes. that's, some truth to that? Do they use that mathematical? It's absolutely true to it. I've been exposed to it. I worked in groups in R&D labs in the military where we were doing it. It was applied in 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 in, in after 9/11. It's been if it was if it was where it was 12, 10, 12 years ago when I'm, I was working on it. Uh, my mind is blown by where it is now. Okay, so uh, we were doing some pretty interesting. It's called predictive. It goes by many names. In the military jargon, it goes by predictive battle space awareness, or PBA, or uh, it's, 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 they change the name so that you can't, they do this a lot with R&D work. It'll change its name over time so you can't track it as the same, the developmental path of the same technology uh, that's done intentionally. Um, it may be going by a different name now, but you can look up ontological maps. You can look up predictive uh, awareness. You can look up effects based operations, you can look yeah. up um, decision, uh, decisions for analytics, uh, there's a bunch of things that you can look up. Um, Charles mentioned earlier the hive. The hive mind is another whole topic. It's this different yeah, what is that? Geometry. What is that? Well, it, it's, it's, it's under the whole thing again. There's a similar sort of genre that goes with this, like when you say math, okay, but it's as different as geometry is from algebra, even as we can agree that you need tools and techniques from both algebra and geometry to work in either, right? So when you're doing algebra and you want to solve how, what's the perimeter of the fencing you need, there's a little bit of geometry because you're going to draw your rectangle and get the sides. In geometry, you have fractions and ratios related to, you know, pi and volume and space, so you do a little bit of algebra in order to solve your geometric proportions, right? So there is overlap, okay? There's overlap, but hive mind is a very... Um, I don't think I can address the high point tonight. I'm really my my energy is low today. I've been I've been battling a health thing, and it's a really difficult topic. And we're pretty late into the call. Well, I, th- I, I thank you. I, I thank you for your knowledge, and yeah. I thank you for coming here. And I don't want you to feel yeah. like I, you know anybody thinks you're a prayer, you know. So keep coming no. and, and, and share your knowledge. <laughs> I appreciate it. I really I thought it okay. I found it interesting because I was thinking okay. about those movies, and there's sometimes where I'll just make a. You know, when I'm driving and I'm being followed, I'll just out of nowhere, yeah. you know, just do something erratically to where it's different off of my track to see if they are reading my mind or not. And, right. Right. you know, there's, there are some times where I'll just make a, a you know, like a, a left turn out of nowhere that I didn't plan in my day to see if, okay, right. if they're reading my <laughs> mind or if they're able to jump to the future and figure out what I was doing before or whatever, then this will happen. And, Right. You know, I've just been doing little right. tests like that to see, so I just find it interesting to right. hear about the math part because I'm not educated about that. Patrice, was that you that sent me that RT article that shows how they have technology that can move your feet? 
the legs, yes, the, the legs, the, the, yeah. In the park, yeah. they were doing the stuff to the people in the park, and they did. They wanted them to walk over here and see this exhibit, so they sat on one end, and they were sending them technology to twitch the leg or make them move, uh, turn to the right and go through the exhibit down to the right path. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I thought about that when Chris said sometimes he'll drive mm-hmm. in a direction and he doesn't yeah. even know why he's driving in that direction. Yeah. That probably has happened yeah. to all of us. So right. yeah, there is technology that can actually make your yes. legs go where they want your legs to go. Yes, yes. And also the audio stuff that you and I talked about, where you could have people sitting in a meeting and have one person at one side of the table hearing something very different than what the, another person two seats down is hearing. Rich, audio, uh, it's directed audio. That's been out for a while. That technology, when I was exposed to that 15 years ago, blew my mind 15 years ago. What they're doing with it now is they're actually using, they've got technology where they can go into a crowd um, and I'm not talking about the boom technology and the sonic stuff that people know about. This is a more nuanced and very sophisticated um, set of frequencies that are used to induce um, uh, 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 responses, um, disabling responses. Okay, so for example, make you lay down and feel sleepy, uh, make uh, the crowd, make people in the crowd. Uh, become uh, very docile, make them uh, start tapping their feet and induce a sort of uh, a nervous stimulation in them to make them tap their leg or shake their leg or do this type of thing. Um, it's all very sophisticated. That technology is well-formed and already being applied, already being applied. Um, I, I I don't. Uh, what about sleep paralysis? Because I heard Renata say something that applied to me yeah, too. Because I get, I get that a lot, man. You don't even know. Oh, I, it I, feels like someone pulled a light. It feels like someone pulled a light switch in your brain, and you just want to lay down all of a sudden, right? No, like no, no. Where it feels no, like no. it feels okay. like something enters your room, kind of feeling like it's kind of a dark feeling. It'll start. Well, for me, it starts with like a buzzing, and I can't yell, I can't scream, or I can't say anything, I just, oh, like, I can't move my like body. Big, like, you're, like, you know, like, if you were, uh, say, like, um, like a caterpillar walking on the ground, and a box was going to come and try to catch a caterpillar, so if you're in your room, it feels like a giant box is looming down on you, right, and it starts to get darker. Well, let's, let's, let's talk about that for a minute, because a lot of people get to paralysis, but probably can't identify it. So I'll tell right, you what, then, happens, what happens for me. Um, so I'm asleep, just normally sleep like anyone else would go to sleep, all of a sudden I feel this heavy pressure on my chest like someone is pinning me down. Right. Um, I cannot, my entire body locks up. I cannot move my body, but I'm totally awake. I'm totally conscious, but I can't open my eyes, but I can hear everything around me. Weird to say, but sometimes I can even see things around me when my eyes are closed. Um, I try to scream or cry out, you know, for help. If I know someone's in the room, I try to get them to, you know, to help me. But I can't use my voice, and I feel like I am being uh, suffocated and held down. Now, when I did my research on this, almost everyone else says they feel this this dark presence. Um, some people describe it as an old hag. They call it an old hag. Some people see this little witch lady or this demonic spirit, um, and most of the time in the corner, they say. Uh-huh. I don't get yeah. I don't get that part of it. I don't get the demonic, I don't get the where I see, you know, any of the, the things that the other people see. I don't get that part. 
but I get the part where I feel like I'm being suffocated in my sleep and I'm being held down. And um, if I if I call Jesus, if I call the name of Jesus, I'm, I, I can be released out of it. Um, other time, the other day it happened because it's been happening a lot lately. The other day it happened, and I remember telling my body to wake up, like wake up. Does it only exactly happen in the in the dark when you have the light out? Is that what's happening? Not during the it, daylight. It usually happens when I'm asleep. I, it doesn't matter right. if it's day or night. I'm asleep because it has happened if I take a nap in the daytime, and it's happened then too. So I've been doing a lot of research on this, Chris, because it's been happening more and more. And well, the reason why I ask is if this happened to you and you feel like it's a part of this targeting, then that would mean that I've been targeted since I was young, huh? <laughs> well, yeah, you know? and I'm thinking the same thing. Now, let me tell you something interesting. I came across a video, and I can't remember which one. If I find out, I'll send it to you. But um, the person was saying that you, if this is happening and you're getting all that demonic stuff that goes with it, then you have some sort of portal open where those spirits are getting in because I believe that, Spirits are real. Good spirits and bad spirits, they're real. Oh, I yeah. think this whole oh, thing yeah. is spiritual warfare, personally. Yes. But I he, he was saying that, that you have some sort of portal open, and you need to look at where in your life that portal is open. And I don't know if that makes sense to you, but it did to me. And it made me look more at my um, meditation that I do. Because he mentioned meditation as being one that can carry, like, some demonic spirits. Because some of that, when you get into all that third eye stuff and all that chakra stuff and all that. Right, it opens, yeah. It can open a portal. It can make you vulnerable to, right, to wrong things, right, exactly. To the wrong kind of spirits. And so for Mm -hmm. me, that's the area Mm -hmm. that I'm looking at. So I'm making mm-hmm. sure now that the meditations that I do, you know what I mean? For other things he mentioned, like people who, who, who mess with Ouija boards or right. uh, who get into any of that kind of alternative religion kind of stuff. Um, right. It's, these are just areas, not saying, you know, anybody on this call into any of that, but it's just things to look at. Because when he said that, it really made sense. For me, I said, okay, let me just check these meditations that I'm doing. So now I'm really, really careful about the ones that I do. Well, what do you do? Because I would like to meditate, but I don't know which one do you feel is right. Like, what I'll do you do? I'll do a video on them because um, I'm still kind of looking. I, I really, uh, for me, I prefer guided meditations where the person is, you know, saying relax your head, relax your arms, you know, that. Um, I do not do mantras. I, I, mantras have religious stuff behind them, and I, I don't do mantras. Oh, yeah, sound, sound is very powerful. It can be very powerful, those sounds yes. and stuff. Yes, I don't do yeah. those kind of mantras. I do, um, yeah. there are some, some spiritual, uh, some Christian um, affirmations that I do. Um, I really like the ones, there's a few that I do. Uh, the guy's name is Jason Stevenson. I'm, I'm I'm liking his. He he does a lot of things for stress release. I do a lot for uh, stress release because these people seem so stressed. So I do a lot, uh, you know, to release stress. I also like the ones, um, they're like a walk on the beach because I like water and, you know, you have the sounds of nature, those kind of things. Uh, so I'll do those. Uh, there's some like a walk in the park. Um some of the, some of the, you have to be careful too with the, um, 
with the transcendental ones, some of the transcendental ones, those kind of have some kind of strange stuff sometimes. Uh, yeah. I do. I do the. Um, I do the Earth frequency, which is I think it's 520 hertz. I think it is. And you just put in Schumann's resonance. I do that one a lot. That one helps me a lot with tinnitus. Helps a lot. It's like a binarial beat. Have you heard of Have you heard of organite? Organite minerals or something like that? Is that stuff real or? I have. I've heard of that. Is is that stuff real? What do you think about that? Do you think that's something? Because I was looking at different uh, things that you can have around your body to help with the EMF or whatever. Do you think that stuff works or what? I know people who have used it, and I know people who said it has worked temporarily. Um, I don't I, – I'm just not – I was telling someone the other day, they was asking me why I don't do this, why I don't do that. I'm not a person that does a lot of shielding. I prefer right. – Yeah, I don't nothing, either. Yeah. Nothing wrong with people who do it, but I find that TI spend a lot of money trying to find what works, and we're coming up against machines and things, and you could be out of a lot of money. Now, I did right. buy that um, – What's that thing? I bought it uh, for my son, actually. Um, and it was 300 and something bucks, and that's what I'm talking about. Um, but Q, you, know, you, you did the Q thing. Yeah, the Q. Uh, the Q wave. Yes, thank yeah. you. I, I got mm-hmm. that, but I got it for my son because I felt, you know, it was worth it to try it for him because I've heard right. testimonials on YouTube. And uh, Gary, who comes here, says he uses it right. and, and it works. And so I thought yeah, it would be worth I wish, it to, I wish to try Gary it. Was, yeah, I wish Gary was on the on the call because I would ask him, and it's something for you to consider too, Renata, that you're doing the meditations, and I'm guessing that you also do music. I know you like music. Uh, have you subscribed to any music that's been tuned to 432 instead of no, AS440? No, no. My, my, main, my main music is praise and worship music, um, spiritual music, religious music. I have my favorites mm-hmm. there. And so that's right, what but I there do. Are, there are also spiritual musics that have been recording. What, I think you're misunderstanding my question. Uh-huh. Music that is in your favorite genre, but that has been tuned, recorded at a frequency of 432 instead of A440. Since Gary was on the line, he could probably do a good job to be honest, To be honest, I've never checked. I've never checked for that. But um, Look that my... up if you get a chance. Look, look for gospel music or something, inspirational music that you like. Uh, that's in 432, because I know it's out there, and you can probably find it, and it will, as far as, like, opening and closing portals, the whole sound and frequency thing is, um, mm-hmm. it, there's there's a lot of knowledge coming out right now about how how the instruments and the recordings are done at 440, and they should have been done at Professor Grip talks about that, too. I haven't yeah, seen some so stuff. 432 yeah. is a really important movement right now for that's understanding the human body. Okay. 432 how the human body is responding to sound. And there's a book out called, um, oh, I don't have to email it to you, how hearing, the, the un, the, uh, how hearing shapes the mind. So it's, especially for the V2K sufferers who have not really understood what's been happening to them or they, you know, they've been wrongly institutionalized chronic and all Okay, sort of I, I want to finish, I want to finish answering, um, Chris's question here. So, um, so I I do those type of meditations. Uh, sometimes I do like wind chimes and things like that. 
I tell you, when, when, when my mood needs to be adjusted, when I need to get back to that place where I need to be, that Schumann resonance does a lot for me. It does a lot for me. The earth's frequency does a lot for me. And I just put it in my ears with earbuds at bedtime to go to sleep. It all gets in your subconscious. Uh, so um, you are, that, that's, that's a portion of the 433 movement is the Schumann resonance. So if you're, if you're responding to that, yes, if you're responding to that, then you need to find music that you like that's being recorded at 432. I will do that. Yeah. Um, yes, I will definitely do that. Uh, there is someone who put uh, some meditation, uh, I think it's by Nereo Beats, if I'm, not, uh, if I'm not mistaken. He put some sort of frequencies out there, and it, it, it's titled Targeted Individual Something. So I guess oh, is it? Guys. Now, my problem with that is I don't do those because he doesn't tell you what that frequency is. Yeah, so, what it's for, what, right, what it's doing. I right. have no idea what that is. I have no idea right. if he's really a T.I. Right. And I remember something that Dr. Barry Trower said. Dr. Barry Trower said, be very careful with the frequencies that you listen to because yes. it could be something that doesn't jive with your brainwave and it yes. could put you on, on a murder frequency or something. So yes. I always have that in the back of my mind. So yes. uh, that targeted individual person probably is is doing a good thing, but he needs to put the free, he needs to let us know what we're listening to. Or what I'm not going to Renata, Renata, what is Yes, yes. Um, I yes. wanted to let you know that all those binaural beats they talk about brain entrainment, and we want to unentrain yes. our brains. Okay. So um, the rife frequency the rife frequencies are a lot better because they don't have any of the entrainment. They actually undo the tra- entrainment that they're doing to TI. And, and right. I should not say, thank you for that, Nancy. I should not say that um, that, that man's is brain entrainment, because I'm not sure, but it, it's some sort of frequency. That's all I know. I don't really know which one, so I choose not to do things that I don't know, because I'll never forget what Dr. Barry Trower said. You don't want to be on the wrong frequency. Right, so, because he um, knows that he knows that some of these sound things, as I tried to intimate earlier in the conversation, have been weaponized. He understands that. Yes, yes. He understands yes. it fully. He, he fully understands that, and he's correct. They have been. Yes, yes. So I, um, I have had nothing but uh, good results with meditation. I swear by it. I, I do it every single day. I do meditation every day of some sort. Um, and it, it helps. And also, I do a lot of earthing or grounding. I just simply sit outside in my bare feet, or walk around, and you know, in the yard or something with my bare feet, and I can kind of see really quick results with that too. So we should be doing some sort of practice every day to keep ourselves grounded and where we where we need to be. Thanks for the reminder. I just kicked off my shoes on the outside. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I mean, okay. if you're sitting outside anyway, you might as well let your feet touch the earth, right? That's right. Well, I'd like so to would... say something, if I may. Yes, go right ahead. Okay, I mean, uh, unless y'all finish with this subject. Hello? Oh, no, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, okay, exactly. well, it's exactly. just that, okay, I'm, I'm going I'm going to backtrack to um, things that were said earlier. I was just waiting for everybody, you know, get through with whatever, you know, the stuff okay, that just, was just on. To it was good. Know, just, just to let you know, we may have about uh, 15 minutes, but go ahead. 
Okay. Well, no, it's just that um, I want to say that um, um, I don't know who the professor is, but okay, um, I, I, I appreciate the insight, right? And um, as far as the um, caller named Hart, okay, I do want to, I do like, I would like to say that I hope she continue to call and call in, you know, more. Okay, because I, I well, she got upset. Would. She got upset and she left, and she sent me a text, and she said that she. Let me see what she said. She said that she does not. Um, she said the last thing that she will not do is get caught up in a debate. So she got upset right. and she left. I hope it's she comes great. back. Yeah, I hope uh, she comes back, and you know, and you know, continue, continue to call. Up my ear, didn't she? Huh? I don't know about that, but anyway, here's the thing, man. I want I want to get to um um, and I may ruffle um some feathers, but yeah, that's how I am. But um, thing is, okay, say with respect, okay, Jerome, I gotta say, man, that um, kind of agree, man, that you did come off on uh Scott a little harsh thing, man. All right. You did, okay, and I understand what you think, bro. Because listen, we are we are going through it, and then we just you got to hold your head up. I mean, Jesus Christ Almighty, you know, if if you're if you go through stuff, that's the way. That's what they want us to go. That's the way they want our life to go. They want to beat us down. I don't think I was extremely harsh. He was stating his point. I stated my opinion. You know, it's always to hold your head up because he's bringing it down. You know, it's like. Yeah, like I, I respect the guy. I mean, he gives me a lot of good, good information, but he's got to he's got to break up, man. He's got to break well, up. I was, I was, so I was going to say, yeah, man, man, I was, I was, what I was going to say, what I was not going to say. My point. Oh yeah, I understand. Yo, man, what I was going to say is that yes, okay, someone understand where you're coming from, okay, and I agree, and I definitely agree, because okay, many times. Okay, as people know, okay, or y'all can listen to past recordings. Okay, I've been saying the same thing as far as um, don't let as far as what it was going on in the establishment, and the gang stalking, and all that type of stuff get you down because they ain't they ain't got it, you know, they ain't godlike, they ain't got it like that and all that. All right, but at the same time, okay, where Scott is coming off, how he's coming off, okay, and what he does, and I will admit that he does at times go off on a long diatribe that's somewhat annoying, all right? But, okay, he always, I mean, usually he always gets to to the point where he's dropping serious insight on things, okay? And he's and he um, says something that's very deep and everything like that, okay? okay. But, um, yes, okay. He does um, go through that long spill, and, um, you know, I sit through it patiently. Excuse me, I'm in the hospital. And, um, um, yeah, he goes off in this long spill. I sit through it patiently and stuff like that. But like I said, usually at the end, he comes comes up with something really deep, all right? And what um, Hart was saying is that, yeah, I mean, he's just laying out. I mean, cause, I mean, as I said before, if you remember a few weeks ago, okay, you don't jump from one extreme to the other, 
right? Um, yes, okay, we got to be upbeat, okay, about ourselves, about what's going on, somewhat what's going on, but, but, okay, this is not La La Land, okay? And he's just dealing with with things the way they really are. It's as simple as that, man. Yeah, knowledge is power, and we do have to look at reality and not put our heads in the sand. So I agree. No, well, you know what? I like it the dance part. So let me let, let me just tell you this, all right? Okay, just I I wasn't like anything special. I wasn't like a ranger or anything, but I'm an army guy. Okay, and let me just tell you this, folks. When you can have a grip of your situation, but if you say we got enemy 200 meters and they've got really big guns and they're going to shoot us through the brain. What the freak kind of a soldier would you be? You'd be nothing. You'd be ineffective, right? You have to know your situation, but you have to have a fighting spirit to get yourself ahead, to get yourself uh, out of your situation. Because if the bullets are flying and you're going boo-hoo-hoo, you're going to take one to the face or one to the gut. Then you're done. Right. Well, oh, well, we have not been military trained. I mean, well, we're doing the best we can. Life. It's not about we're living in la-la land. It's keeping a good fighting spirit and a good attitude. But, Jerome, let me say this. I, I have gotten to a pretty strong place, thank God. I wasn't always at the strong place. But I'm telling you, even being a fairly strong person, I have my, my days where I'm just not strong. I do. And I think that's what he was trying to say, you know, that this is probably one of those days for him, you know, depending on the on the um, severity of his targeting. I mean, some days I just feel like, wow, I don't even know how I can go on. And that's just being honest. Just being honest. Yeah, I hear you. You know, every day we don't. We don't feel 100%. I mean, I'm glad you do, but, I mean, this is reality. These people are really attacking us, and we're human. Yeah, well, well um, I'm being attacked also, only that the only difference between me and some is that I've got mental discipline. I'm feeling it. They give me the ultrasonics all the way through this. They interfere with my transmission. They do this, they do that, you know, and I could be bellyaching. I could be going boo-hoo-hoo, but I keep myself good. I keep my attitude up. I keep my chest out and my chin in, and I just deal with this crap. So when you come on a TI support call, you should expect people to be talking about the reality of the situation. Well, because when you cut me off, you're cutting everyone off. You're very rude. You're being very rude. Let her talk, Let her talk, please. Go ahead. Yeah, you have been very rude when people have just tried to talk about the reality. And well, you're doing what the perps do. See, you're doing it again. You're cutting me off. Renata. Let her finish her thought, please. Just let her finish her thought. Because some people haven't even had a chance to speak today. Go ahead, because we only have a few minutes. Go ahead. I just want to say that when you come on a TI support call, you should expect people to be exposing the reality of the situation. And I think the majority of people are getting a lot out of this, but you're cutting people off, you're putting them down, you're humiliating them the way that the perps do, and you need to stop it. I am defending the people that you have cut off and put down today because they are coming with good information. We need to know what's going on. It's reality. The more we know, the stronger we are. Stop attacking me personally and I'll be nice. Don't, be, don't make it personal. 
I'm stating my opinion too. I'm going through it. <laughs> you dig? Well, you know what? Sometimes you know I'm what not we... like hearing people complain all the time. It's okay. But you know what we well, have then to why don't you hang up? But, well, you know what we have to understand too is that everyone is at a different level with this, and everybody's targeting is different. Some people are not at that same strength level that you are or that I am or that the next person is. And some people are very strong, but they have their moments, like I do. <laughs> I have my moments. But we get, stronger, we get stronger. We get stronger the more information that we have as to what is going on. When we understand the remote neural monitoring and the elite and what their plans are, that makes us stronger instead of wondering, you know, what's going on and putting our heads in the sand. So knowledge is power. It's empowering to find these things. And if you're feeling overwhelmed by it and you just want to think happy thoughts, then hang up and call back. And, you know, no, don't cut people off. Yeah, it's again, are you to control what you want me to do. I will stop on you. Don't you continue to nice. control people. I don't control anybody. I speak my mind. If you're just such a yeah, weakling, over everyone else. Then, then over everyone else. All right. Next conversation. The bottom line is <laughs> everybody's entitled to feel how they feel. This is real life. This is you know, this is real life for everybody. And to you share know? truth. To share truth. Yeah. The truth sets us free. I mean, thank God for those who who are, you know, strong. Um I, like I said, I, I have my moments. I'm just gonna be honest. I have my moments where I just say, let me just stay in the house so I don't have to deal with this because um, it's a lot. It's a lot to deal with, with people attacking you all day. Um, and if you can handle that, that, that's great. We're all trying to get there. Hello? Excuse me, my nose is very runny. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, but we're we're all trying to get to that strong place, you know. Well, I mean, invalidation, Renata, is one of those things that, you know, is done to us in the whole perpetrating thing. We ought to be sensitive to not do it to one another, right? Invalidation is, is, is you know, it's a damaging form of psychological relationship, right? It's Invalidation is to reject, ignore, mock, tease, judge, or diminish someone's feelings, and it's an attempt to control how they feel and for how long they feel it. Right? So constant invalidation may be one of the most significant reasons that a person with a high innate emotional intelligence suffers from unmet emotional upsets, especially in a context like the targeting. Right? A sensitive child who is repeatedly invalidated becomes confused and begins to distrust his or her own emotions. And you yes. know, and you can right, they can fail to develop a confidence in and a healthy use of their emotional brain. Which is one you of major down to people basic. a lot, don't you, lady? What? It's one of our most <laughs> basic problems. My dad was an intellectual too, and we had a lot of good debates. You're not that smart. I I'm not claiming to be smart. I I don't. So now, why are you attacking me? Okay, so. <laughs> no, you talk down to people a lot. I listen to you. I don't, I don't speak on this call a lot, actually. I'm pretty quiet, and I'm not talking down to anyone. I'm just chiming in that the validation is something we're all sensitive to, and with good reason, with cause, right? It's, uh, one of the big things that they do to us as targets is they try to, um, you know, adapt to, we're, we're forced to adapt to an unhealthy and dysfunctional environment, 
And so the working relationship between our thoughts and our feelings becomes twisted, and that's one of the difficulties of this whole targeting program. Our emotions.